0: Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man that 101 says he wouldn't react, but he's the one in 100 who will swing right back. Yeah, he's the one. Here's the rich man himself, my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben I Amin. Mean. So for this episode, we have a special guest. He was a referral from one of our favorites. Jesse Humphrey from Carbon Leaf. His most recent record is called Stockbridge. Came out last year. Please welcome to the podcast Dan Mills. Thanks for having me. How are we doing? We're doing good. We're
1: doing. It's a it's it's a humid night here in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, the kids are tucked away in bed. I just uh, played an Instagram live to to get in the zone, and I'm I'm
0: ready to chat music. Very good, very good. Kids, how many? two two kids okay kid one and kid two okay ages how old
1: uh, one of them is just turned three the other one is uh, nine months she's just coming online starting to you know right. make sounds and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah this is the fun time yeah it's it's definitely uh yeah it was really tiring at the beginning two
0: one was felt like one two felt like a hundred and now it feels like it's two <laughs> yeah i um, we were talking offline before before we started recording and um I was talking about my associate producer that's that's jackson my my oldest he's my he's my asperger kid so adulting is really hard he's he's twenty two mm-hmm. this that's not a fun time. I will gladly trade you my twenty two year old autism spectrum kid who's trying to figure out how to be an adult for that nine month old kid trading is uh i haven't got into this, <laughs> this yet, but um i don't know i don't i think i'd have to discuss this with other other folks have yeah. so vested interest it's, in the kids it's, it's, trust me <laughs> you 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 want your nine month old so yeah yeah it's, yeah it's we're having a good time it's uh it's been a lot of fun very cool all right. Well, we need to jump into this premise of our podcast. Fairly simple. We talk about music, but as I do at the beginning of each episode, we ask the all important question Wayne, what t shirt are you wearing?
2: I I have not bought any t shirts recently, but Whoa. this is a t shirt from, I ah, know it's not easy. I've actually had some in my cart. I stopped myself, <laughs> but this is one from a recent guest, uh, Call Me Spinster. I ordered a, uh, a shirt and I made a comment on the podcast that they didn't have any extra larges of the one I really wanted. So they sent me the one I ordered and a large of the one I really wanted and a CD and a personalized note. Um, Our guests are the best. So call me spinster.
0: Very, very good. Very good. Dan, how about you? What t-shirt are you wearing?
1: Well, it's funny that it would happen this week. Um, I just went on a rampage throwing away, tons of t-shirts uh i mean a lot of t-shirts got thrown away and when you sent that message i was like man i I really shouldn't have thrown those t-shirts away but i did keep a few that are really important to me um because most of the t-shirts i wear now have nothing on them but this one says midnight oil crew um it's a graphic i don't i'm gonna try to get the story right but I'll, i'll say the importance yeah I play in my band, well, Jesse's in, it plays in my band, but also um, my two closest two other closest collaborators are Adam and Mark. We both live in Brooklyn. We lived in Brooklyn together for um, well, they're still there, but I lived there for about 10 years. And one of their neighbors like made this shirt. Um, I imagine it's just like a graphic tee. and like one of the, I think it was Adam's neighbor who was like, hey, my neighbor made these shirts. like you guys want one. I was like, sure, I'll take I'll take a t-shirt. And since then like it's the three of us all have this shirt. And so it's one it's become like an ongoing thing. Like you wear in the shirt, and so when I it's not that I love the shirt so much, but it makes me think of them and it, yeah. and it makes me really happy. So That's I couldn't part better.
2: It. Yeah. That's even better. Very good. And
1: we are the midnight I mean, we were we're late night people. So it, the even the slogan grew on me. I would never like we're not like a sorority. I wouldn't name us the Midnight Oil Crew and right. stay up late or anything, but but it has grown on me, both the the shirt and the connection to them.
0: So did you did you throw away like music related t-shirts or was it just like yeah i I, freebie stadium freebie giveaways that kind of crap
1: okay i'm a i am a shopper i buy a lot of clothes i like to buy clothes and i have this one friend his name is al and we've been doing this thing for a long time called dan me downs where he does not like to buy clothes and so he lives um on the west coast when i see him We always do a thing called Dan Me Downs where I go through my drawers and I give him my old clothes and he wears all my old clothes and he was just here and he's moving to Vancouver now. And so we did a big Dan Me down session, but my other friend was there also and it sort of egged me on to just get I just love getting rid of stuff I don't really use. It it brings me a lot of joy. And um, so that's why I got rid of all the shirts. we were doing a Dan Me down session. Very
0: good. Very good. Yeah.
1: It's very weird, I know. I don't even know how to respond to that either. It's a weird thing.
0: Uh, I, I,
2: Sounds like they went to a good home. Yeah. <laughs> they did.
0: They're going to get worn, so, you know. <laughs> totally. It's it's like, you know, uh, Buzz and Woody in Toy Story, you know? It's like you They're hand it down kid. to... Yeah, hand it to the new kid that's going to actually play with it and love it and... Sounds I'm like your cry. friends. Your friends got hard in it. that scene. That was a that was a tear That moment. I know. I know. We all. What cry. are you trying to do to me here? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, my T-shirt. I'm I'm wearing a carbon leaf T-shirt. Woo! Just to rep. Just to rep Jesse. A little and bit. And the nicest guys in the world. Except for Barry. You think so? <laughs> Did I just? I've well, He's I a just, meanie. I just threw Shot it Shot across the bow. Oh,
1: I just, I just threw it down. Here's a, here's a very kind story of Barry. I went down to, uh, um, where they're in Richmond, Richmond, Virginia, and they had a big hot show around the holidays, and I opened up a few shows around that time for them. Very good. Yeah. And, um, I mean that's a big show for them. They they pack this massive theater. Absolutely. Um, it's and, it's uh, on
0: my it's on my to do list to to get up there for their holiday shows because I it's it's a blast.
1: It was amazing. And so, you know, they're the headlining band. They got all these fans. And I was traveling back really early the next morning. I was flying back. And Barry had a million things to do. And he looked at me. He's like, do you you need me to give you a ride to the airport in the morning? I was like, dude, don't worry about me. Like, go... Go do your thing. Like, how nice is that? Like, in the middle of,
0: of that show,
1: yeah. he's just like, ride I to know. the
2: airport is fam. That's a family thing. Like yeah, it was like a 4
0: a.m. ride. I was yeah. like, don't worry about me.
2: Go go have your yeah. night.
1: All
0: right. So, let me backpedal on my comment. Can I backpedal on my comment for a second? <laughs> We're going to talk so, about how nice he is? Yeah. <laughs> no. I. So, I have a grudge. I have a grudge against Barry just because I recorded an episode early on when we started doing the podcast a couple years ago. And... Barry and Terry were supposed to be on the same episode with me to, to do a track by track analysis of, of Indian summer. Okay. And at the time of the recording, Barry no showed on me. Uh oh. And, and so. That's grudgeworthy.
2: Yeah, maybe he was taking someone to the airport
0: yeah exactly (laughs) so so we're so i'm like well we can do this without him you know and terry's the nicest guy ever so he's like yeah i'll pinch it for him well wayne and i are both lyrical dudes okay so i so i keep asking terry you know um so so what does this particular lyric mean and terry's just like well you're gonna have to talk to the b-man because i don't i don't know you know, so it's, so, so anyways, I've, I've held a grudge ever since. So I'll I didn't, get, o- you know, I'll, I'll get over it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, um, I too am a lyric person. When you said that, I was like, Oh wow. I didn't realize I was hanging out with, with two other lyric, lyric people. I, I didn't necessarily choose the most lyricky album, although there's fantastic lyrics here, but uh, I thought we were going to nerd on. Yeah. There's some good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But, yeah. um, maybe a reprise.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're super, super grateful for Jesse for, for giving us the hookup with you. Did did he mention um, that his one referral kind of has spawned like these multiple guests he, that we've had on the, he, on the podcast? He did
1: not. I hadn't heard of the show and I listened to Check It Out. I listened to his and, and I listened to that part of the thing that like the Jesse Humphrey referral has led to like a bajillion people, which is fantastic Jesse's you know I don't know if you know this Jesse and I went to like elementary school together I have known Jesse longer. I did not any anyone you've talked to that knows Jesse they've got okay. nothing on me unless you talk to like his dad have not talked to his dad no <laughs> I remember Jesse I was in eighth grade and Jesse was in sixth grade and it okay. was like we were gearing up for a talent show and he was this little punk kid who went up with the drum kit and like was was that good back then it was just like wait a second kids can be this good at music at this age that's not yeah. fair. yeah
0: but yeah, so we, that we go way back. All right, so so you guys grew up together. Yeah. Where? Um, we grew up right outside of Providence, Rhode Island. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. I knew it was Rhode Island. Uh, um, so you spent some time in New York, though. So you're mm-hmm. back. You're back up there.
1: Yeah, I um I uh, grew up in Rhode Island. I went to college and studied audio recording in upstate New York. Learned all okay. that
0: stuff, and then.
1: Was based out of Brooklyn and sort of built my band and, and my music down there. Is sort of still feels like home base. Was there for about about a decade, um, and then was up in Boston for a few years, just about three years, and just moved back to Providence two
0: years ago. So, all right. So I'm assuming is there is there a studio that followed you up to Providence? You're in it. That's that that's the studio. Okay, you're in a studio. I'm surrounded by
1: pedals uh mic pre's. there's studio monitors there's a whole boat of guitars i'm a big uh i'm a big synth person so there's synths. here's a here's an op1 just sitting on the desk nice um, okay but yeah i have a, a whole setup here one of the the big appeals of getting out of apartment living was that i could sprawl out
0: with all my crap <laughs> right right how, ma- how many other studios are there in providence
1: that's a good question. Um, I know of a few of them, but um, I still do most of my recording with uh, Mark and Adam, the the gentlemen I mentioned on the T shirt okay. friends. And we record a lot in Brooklyn. Mark has a studio in Brooklyn. He's an audio engineer um, okay. who works with a bunch of bands and um, recording records, producing records, and doing uh, front of house for a few artists. And so, when I really when it's time to like, I do a lot of uh, demoing up here. I also do some. I do co-writing and commercial music stuff from here. But when it's time to like record my own stuff, I, I usually wind up in New York um,
0: or in Stockbridge, where is where we record at Stockbridge. So, yeah. I w- so I was going to ask you about um, new, new record. Actually, mm. l- 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 let me, let me dive into your journey first before yeah, we let's dive into the journey. Into, Take me on the journey. discography. So, <laughs> you know, I do listen to Jesse's podcast, not, not every episode. Sorry, Jesse. Um, that's after the gig for, for, for people who are not familiar with Jesse's Fantastic podcast. Uh, Jesse's a great, great interviewer. Um, got some great connections. And, you know, you you, you can tell that uh, the people who he's talking with, you know, have that connection with Jesse. Um, I think your episode was number one for him, wasn't it? Numero uno. He he had numero uno. You know, he had one. a really feel safe when he was when he was jumping into the to host to hosting and so he picked me
1: a a safe friend
0: yeah so so you you brought up the 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 carl perkins story Mm because it's hard not to talk about your journey with talking about a little carl perkins so so give us the journey of how you got to new york and kind of got i don't know do, do you call it discovered while you're there i think people you know they like that
1: term and it normally doesn't happen that way. I think I'm one of the rare cases where it did happen like exactly yeah. like it does in a movie. Um um yeah I, I I moved to New York and was, you know, I in college I'd sort of I'd I'd put out a few records in high school and then another one in another one in college and was just like, I wanna do this music thing, like and really go for it. And so I moved to Brooklyn and sort of got a job doing um, excuse me, kids, kids music, like mommy and me classes. And, okay. um, and so I pay spending, the bills, got to pay the bills. It was like three mm-hmm. hours a day in the morning. And then I would play bars and tour colleges and write music. And I was sort of piecing together my band at that time. And after a few years had sort of, you know, had a regular gig on the Lower East side, um, had just put out a record with Mark and Adam. Jesse had joined the band more officially at that point. And we were, there was a, There's a club called Rockwood Music Hall. It's my favorite club ever. It's got three stages now. At the time, when I moved to New York, I had one and had just opened the second. And um, I wanted to play with the band the second stage. It was a bigger stage. It was a cooler stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kept trying... You know, I played a gig, and I'd say, "Can we do the second one now?" They're like, "Well, you haven't brought enough people yet." I was like, "Oh man!" And so this went on like two or three times. And when they said no the second time, I was like, well, "We're gonna blow this out of the water!" And I promoted the hell out of this show. And if, if you know the area, it's right on the corner of um, uh, Allen and Houston. And um, this one night that I really just wanted to play this other. Thing the other the other room Rockwood Stage Two we packed Stage One so crowded there was a line out the door around the corner all the way to like like not all the way to Katz's, that would definitely be exaggerating but it was it was a <laughs> decent line and there happened to be um, a talent scout who had come down to try to find artists to join this musical called Million Dollar Quartet and um, Million Dollar Quartet was uh, it still is a musical it was a Broadway show that tells the story of Sun Records and and Sam Phillips mm-hmm. and is sort of based around this night of um, Carl Perkins, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, and Jerry Lee Lewis all going to Sun Records to play. And they needed to find, they'd sort of run the gamut of Broadway stars who could play guitar and, and like Carl Perkins or play piano like Jerry Lee. And so they started coming downtown to try to find um, people who could play guitar that maybe they could convince and teach how to act. And I got a call the next day and within a month I was in a Broadway show. It was pretty crazy crazy
0: crazy terrifying <laughs> did 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 they let you go to memphis to like check out sun studios as a as a way of um i don't know homework or whatever you want to call it
1: they that didn't happen but um they did support me like it was it was pretty interesting to go from what i was doing to like that level of uh professionalism in show business where it was i had like a the music coach was um chuck mead of br 549 he's like the lead guy from that alt country band he was the yeah so he he helped me learn you know he would yell at me like don't play those college chords anytime i'd play like a sharp (laughs) nine he'd be like what are you doing and um you know i had a movement coach because i was a singer songwriter you know i like to sit on a stool and be like introspective and they were like
0: no you gotta be like a like a Southern rocker, like get your shoulders did, up. And did, did they like yell at you going, no, Dave
1: Matthews, no Dave Matthews. <laughs> Basically there was like, a, it was so funny because a lot of the guys they hired were like, it was all the Broadway guys who could play it. But then most other yeah. people besides me were really into rockabilly and, 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 you know, old country music. I wasn't, um, I'm yeah. more of like a Paul Simon, grateful dead person. And, um, so I learned really quickly that like that stuff's not cool to them, and I always thought of that. <laughs> I, I got really into that music and really, and I learned a lot from all those players, and and still am like really close with them. It's it's and it drastically changed the way I play guitar, being in that show and being in that environment. Yeah.
0: Who Who else was on that on that bill with you? In the show. Yeah. Um, so there's an artist, Billy
1: Woodward, um, who I'm, was one of my best friends in the world now i'm going to see him in like five days he's an incredible okay. roots artist based in brooklyn um bass player Corey kaiser um eddie clendenning rockabilly artist um and then you know chuck as the music director was i really looked up to the way he played and um and then of course you just i just dug into sun records music like i'd never had before like got a delay pedal like I was a really an acoustic guy before that. Like, and I still am like I'm an acoustic guitar player, but well, now I can, I can play electric really confidently, but I didn't even really understand like pickup settings and pedals and getting my amp. Like, I, I, that stressed me out back then. Now I like can dial in a sound like, you know, because I'm, I'm more used to it. But at the time it was, it was yeah. a big jump for me, but you know, not many people at 25 get a paycheck to get better at guitar. Like, can you learn how to do this? It's like, you kidding me? Yeah, sure. I'll <laughs> yeah. sit around all day and play in this fancy amp in an empty Broadway theater. No problem. Like, sounds great.
0: Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. That's that's cool.
1: How long were you on there? Yeah, so I joined the the Broadway cast for it ran for a year and a half on Broadway. I was in the last six months. Okay, and then the show um, went off Broadway and started to do a national tour, and I was yeah. I did the entire off Broadway run. So the whole thing was a little over two years. Okay. Um, Six days a week. It was pretty intense, um, and um, you know, got involved in a lot of other things in the theater world because of it, and um, met some of my best friends. And it's just now. It's it was a long time ago now, right? Which is wild because this happened. when I was twenty five, and I'm thirty five now. Now I'm starting to look back and be like, that was crazy. Like, what the hell happened there? <laughs> it
0: was just. It's an incredible experience. A lot of people haven't had, and I'm very. But I'm sure the it. connections are still paying dividends for that right Mm -hmm. definitely um yeah i just met a lot of people in the broadway world and
1: you know got involved writing music um almost put up a show of all my own songs that like almost got produced that we're actually releasing a cast album of and you know know people who are broadway singers tony award winners that happen to know me from that you know 10 years ago they were doing Broadway and they were on the Broadway bowling league or we met in a bar and now it's like, Hey, could you sing on this demo? And I I just met some incredible singers and, um, and writers. And it's, it's a really cool community. Cause when you think about Broadway, it's, it's really just like a 20 block radius and the entire, like top tier of this industry are all just walking around, getting into work around seven at night and then going out to bars later. So it was, um, such a cool community. And yes, definitely pays dividends both in, connections but also just in like experience like i could play a show in new york and some incredible singer that i know would be down to maybe show up and sing one of my tunes and i don't take that for granted like it's a very cool i'd much rather hear them sing my songs nine out of (laughs) ten times
0: (laughs) that's very cool yeah um we need to have some more tony tony people tony's people on on uh on the podcast wayne it's been a while hell yeah we had john gallagher jr yeah oh cool very uh, cool on uh what year year and a half ago year ago when wow. did prime yeah. when did prime pass away uh last year uh, yeah. yeah i guess it was last year so it's right, af- right after John Prime passed away all right let's let's talk um let's talk new record yeah so you you mentioned it. um that it was so this was not recorded in New York yeah this was recorded um up in Stockbridge uh Mark has a
1: a little spot up there that we could record in. Um, And we brought a bunch of gear and, uh, you know, um, we had recorded all these records together. And then I did one with this producer, uh, Sam Kassir, which was so much fun up with the Great North Sound Society. And there were were aspects of that that I wanted to sort of bring to the next recording for Mark, Adam, and I, which is sort of like, it's like a, we've been working on this for so long. We're always trying to grow. And so, yeah, we did it up in this little cabin in Stockbridge. And, um, you know, um, it was probably uh maybe 10 days or 14 days before covid shut the world down um and so it was just me and the and because you know I had had a kid and um Adam the other guy had a kid and we the three of us hadn't spent that amount of time together it had been a while where we had like 10 days alone the three of us and yeah. um to have you know to then go home and have the world shut down and we had just recorded all these tracks i was like holy moly did that time out right um
0: <laughs> yeah so um First song on the record, Joni. Yeah, Wayne. Wayne and I were talking about Joni before.
2: Oh, thank you. That's a great song.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not spelled out like Chachi's girlfriend. That is Joni Mitchell, right? Joni Mitchell. Oh yeah, yeah. little little Corden Spark reference in in the in the lyrics as well. Yes. Ah, you guys are the best. Um, Wayne Wayne did not know Joni very well until we started doing yeah. this this podcast
2: only but only by name but i it was and like i had said before i i thought oh she's so overrated um you know you'd see her on lists for you know right. top songwriter top guitar player and i was like this is this is she's a rolling stone darling we did blue and i i admitted on that episode i compl- i was she's absolutely yeah. deserving of every accolade she's an incredible guitar player the 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 stuff she does the sound she gets out of her guitar are amazing her songs she can say so much with so few words yes. she's she's probably my favorite uh, female songwriter of all time she's i i take i took back everything i ever said about her being overrated she absolutely is the best and amazing
0: Wayne girl. made Liz Longley cry <laughs> no no joke, listen to the episode You made her cry
1: yeah. Oh, I definitely will I love Liz's music, she's amazing Absolutely The
3: meat Used to come over for cheap beers apartment lights in the dark Spin, and spark The national way You told me You feel like you don't even know me The I never gave up I just grew up faster than I ever wanted. Johnny, and could you find it in your heart to come and show me how to love again? And could you find it in your heart to come and show me? How
1: to love again? Yeah, Joni, that record, Court and Spark. Um, there's like certain records that felt like teachers, you know, like you learned so much from them. And I just remember, and that's what that, you know, I wrote Joni the song at a time where I was like, you know, as a guitar player and as a writer, you can feel like you plateau and you're like, I'm stuck in this spot and I'm yeah. not getting better. And the songs aren't getting better. And um, that song was sort of about longing for that lesson from somebody. And, and I was, I could, I very vividly remember, you know, I, I went to college in Ithaca and I lived in upstate New York in the winter and my girlfriend had studied abroad and I was sort of alone in this house with my three buddies and we all decided it was okay to smoke cigarettes in the house. It was just a really weird <laughs> environment. It was awesome. But um, I had these two huge floor speakers and a turntable. And I, I don't know why I started listening to Court and Spark, but I mean, I would listen to Court and Spark. It'd be like a Friday night and I would listen to Court and Spark like three times and just sit there and chain smoke and be like, wow, what is this? And And that song is all about that feeling of like being just totally blown away by something someone can do. And just, you know, that song was sort of a, a call. I like, can someone come do that, please. Cause I feel it's like a writer's block thing and sort of looking at Joni Mitchell as a muse. And, um, yeah, I'm
0: glad you guys like it. Yeah. Corden spark. I'm looking at our scores, Wayne. So we did, we did that album with Gillette Johnson. Um, yep. another, another, uh, very talented, uh, singer songwriter. Uh, do do you remember what we ended up having as our top song, Wayne?
2: Uh, it's it's probably not "Free Man in Paris," but uh,
0: that was the third. "Help Me" ended up being our number one song. Oh yeah, I that, mean it's,
2: That's that's the one I remember. Is I didn't want that to yeah. be my favorite song because that's kind of the big hit. But you can't deny it. It's an it's just undeniable.
1: Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a down to you guy. That song annihilates
0: me. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a B side, but, uh, I just love down to you. Yeah. That ended up being fourth car on a hill. Okay. Car on a hill actually. Oh,
2: car on a hill. That that
0: ended up being our second, second favorite off of that one. So yeah, I was bummed when I saw
1: you guys had already done that. I I was, when I was picking a record, there was a few that I was like, ah, rats. I would have loved to talk about that. Well,
0: so, so let me, let me ask you this. So uh, before you gave me your album pick, so I listen. Yeah. I listen to your, to your stuff and your, your, your latest album sounds more like a seventies record, which yes. I have, I have to, I have to believe that you were trying to like throw a message in with having Joni as your like lead track on that, or you're like. I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it, but...
1: No, I, I think Joni is the lead... Tra- Joni, it was actually written so long ago. Okay. And the rest of the... And it was just a thing that always felt good, and I never knew where it should live. And yeah. then I wrote all these other songs. And so it just felt like the right first track to me. I actually remember writing Joni, and I just met Stephen Kellogg, and I wanted to get a better relationship with him. And um, I sent him that song. I was like, you got to check this out. And he's like, I love this song. And then we just started talking a lot more. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think I just picked it because it felt like the leader of the pack, yeah. um,
0: of that vibe. So, so the record sounds more like, uh, like a, a Cat Stevens record or, um, mm-hmm. Nick Drake record. And mm-hmm. so when you came and said, Hey, let's, let's do this record and, and I'm going to save one comment for a few minutes later, Wayne re- okay. re- remind me to ask Dan something. Cause I want to piggyback off of what I'm, what I'm saying. But, <laughs> um, Were you were you trying to go for a a a little bit different sound for for this one as opposed to some of your previous records, or did it just kind of happen? Um,
1: it was very intentional. Um, the sound of this record, I think. So, when I first started writing and performing music, it was in high school, and Jesse would know this because he was around for it. And actually, one of my favorite pieces of feedback I got was from Jesse on on Stockbridge. Um. Um, because he wasn't there for those sessions, but um, yeah, is there any drums w- on that one? There's no. There is one little thing. That okay, you, it's actually on Joni, but yeah. not really. Right. Um, I I am a, you know, I fell in love with songwriting from like what like going to summer camp and seeing like the guy at the fire who is like the older camp counselor playing a song. Like I played in ska bands. I played a trumpet, and I loved. Okay. Punk and I loved hippie music, but there was something about just the person with the guitar and my earlier records. You know, I never really recorded a ton of that. There would always be like one tune on the record, but it was always like I think because I studied recording, I had this desire to like do that, like build a band around it. And then, and also it's like a blast to play with the band. And then, and then by the time I got to 25 now i was like sort of chasing like bigger band sounds that was blending like sun records and and all this um the other you know sort of folk rock stuff i had been doing but um i don't know i had just moved up from new york to boston so i was away from my band and i think what i set out when i started to write these songs was like man like we finally have like if you were to book us um to play an hour at a bar my band could like blow the top off the place if we needed to, right? Like, we could just play loud, play all my country songs and kind of get a little party going. Um, and I really, being away from the band, I was like, I, I need to be able to play alone again. Like, I need to be able to like have okay. the desire to sit yeah. and play solo. And I used to do that a lot when I was like younger, 22, 23 and, and younger than that. And so I started I started thinking about the songs and being like, well, I want to write songs that are interesting lyrically, but I want you to know what the hell they're about. I don't want to be veiled. And, um, and I want the guitar playing to be interesting. And so after I wrote a record worth of it and we went up to Stockbridge, I, I sort of talked to Mark and Adam and I was like, I want this to feel, I want it to be produced, but I want it to feel just like it's it's sort of pushing along that as the center, right. um, which sounds like such a boring, normal production thing. But for <laughs> us, it did take a lot of like restraint, like, okay. We, we like playing around in the studio. We live to play around in the studio. And so we did set out to make it feel like, you know, some of those songs I played twice and we took a version and then built around it. A lot of those songs are off the click. Um, they're, 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 you know, there's no metronome. There's Miss You and Me is a song on that record. It was like pouring rain during it. Normally we would be like, don't keep it. And we'll be like, all right, just keep it. Let's try to EQ it out of there. Like we really were trying to chase after a, 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 a feeling. Yeah. Of those songs in the middle of winter in a cabin, and um, yeah, we I, I made a playlist of songs as a reference, and I we spent the whole first two days really just talking about what we wanted it to feel like, which is not our vibe usually. That's not us like, and working through the tunes and talking. You know, I went up there with
0: like fifteen of them, and we that's those are the I think there's eight on that record. Right. We cut a ton of right. them, so. Yeah, so yeah
1: we, we tried to get it that way,
0: and and there's a couple songs about New York, so you 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 in this nostalgic for New York, considering you're n- no longer there.
1: Yeah, um, New York pops up in a lot of my music. It was it was a really I was just enamored by it, yeah. and I still am. Um, I think musically, there's a song on there that says it's "Take Care, New York," and I haven't written a song about New York in a while, um, but yeah, there's a few on there about New York. Lately, I I miss it terribly it does feel like home as much as anywhere else i've lived for a long time all my closest friends are there it's it's to me it's where i sort of grew up and became an artist um although i was just down there last weekend with both my kids and was like i don't want to
0: do this at all um (laughs) (laughs) that version sucks um for me at least but the single version the single dan version oh yeah it that that's still a cool place I I mean especially when I was doing the
1: play like I would st- I would stay up till four or five in the morning like yeah. four nights a week and and uh, you know crawl around go to restaurants and I just there's you know I was friends with so many there's such an unbelievable music scene I felt like I spent so much time in a diner talking to someone about an idea they were excited about that they'd never end up doing I could just do that forever like yeah. that's so fun to me yeah. is being around those um, all those artists and getting inspired and seeing great music and
0: yeah I, I love that city very cool all right. Um my favorite song of yours though that I just discovered let life do
4: oh wow
3: think smell of fire in the kitchen that dear I think we ought to let it burn hey out about you because it took a little time to get here ain't it funny I never learned let about Hold my hand, honey, nothing we can't get through I don't care about nobody else but you Now I'm howling at the morning moon due She knew that I'd be coming back, didn't think so soon I'm out of money, feeling out of place here Barely rolling out a bed in the afternoon Hold my hand, honey, nothing we can't get through mm-hmm. I don't care about nobody else
0: for you um, Just celebrated my, my 24th anniversary yesterday, so that um Congrats. song kind of kinda hit home a little. That's awesome. I, I think I want to change my wedding song to something to else. To Let Life Do? Yeah. Because the that the one, one that the one that we had, it sounds super dated now. What is it? I don't even know if I want to say it. I want it to be crashing <laughs> to me so bad. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> it's True Companion from Marcone. Okay. It just sounds
1: yeah. It Did just you know that record he put out that was all songs from nineteen seventy.
0: Um, that one's actually really good. It's incredible. I, yeah, it's I, I like so I like that one, but no, that that's from his his you know his uh, self-titled, the one that won all the Grammy awards and whatnot. The sure One I that can. has walking in Memphis and walking in Memphis. Ghost
1: Train on that record.
0: Ghost Train is on that. It's I mean it's it's a good album, but that song just I don't know. It sounds dated yeah. now. But you got to renew the vows. Maybe and this way I can get yeah. some royalties going. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. How, yeah. I don't know how much me playing that at a, my wedding ceremony would be. There's uh, a special royalty for for chances. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You Get cake. Oh. Okay. Well, we can do that. All right. So so Dan, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. I chose in a lofty choice, uh, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. All right. This so, album. So, so, to so go back to my comment about Nick Drake, Paul Simon, Cat Stevens. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, I was listening to your music. So when you said, "Hey, let's let's do Vampire Week," and I'm like, "Wow, okay." Um, I was not <laughs> expecting that. Um, so let me ask you this: So when you think of great records, we already talked about how Corden Spark was, you know, sure. an inspiration for a song inspiration for you to, you know, do music. When you think of great mute, great records, is it, do you think this is a great record because it influenced me or, or do you have kind of a, Hey, this album makes me feel good. I'm not really trying to emulate it, but I'm just going to absorb it. Therefore it's a great album. It's a great question. I I don't think it's one or the other for me. I, I It's
1: both, depending on the album. I think the thing for me is I'm more of a song person than a record person. I want to be more of a record person. And I'm sure if you were, like, for most people who aren't, like, obsessed with music like I am, they would probably think I'm a record person. But I know people are record people. I want to be a record person, but I could probably tell you the 20 records that were good enough for me to listen to all of them. Like
0: uh, like Corden Spark.
1: Corn Spark, Willie yeah. Nelson, country favorites. Um, okay. Tribe called Quest Love Movement, Goldfinger hang ups. Like they're really all over the map. Yeah. There's some Dylan records I've listened to top to bottom. Another side of Dylan, Highway 61. Uh, you mentioned Dylan, but I'm too afraid to be like a Dylan scholar on a podcast, although I think I could hang. Uh, but
2: I would Highway 61 my favorite Dylan record. Oh, it would yeah. be so fun to talk yeah, about. We haven't done bodies. that one We'd yet. Be so yeah.
1: self-conscious about everything I was saying because I've read so much on him. I'm like, well, I'm nope. not the writer of the
0: Nobody book. wants to pick that one.
1: Yeah, it's too scary. Yeah, too many people too, know more.
0: Yeah, it's too scary. Yeah.
1: But um, this album, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Abbey Road level for me. It okay. is so good from top to bottom as a record in a time where I think singles are king. Um, and I was just like, I'm blown away at, so many little things they did. Like I, I still want to make a great record. Like we tried to do that with Stockbridge. We tried to do this with this other record I made a while ago, fiction and photographs. I haven't really been chasing the perfect record in a while. Yeah. I've been more chasing songs and let's put them together in a good way or an EP. Let's put it together. Like this made me like, man, I would, I would have, I would love to have a body of work like Graceland, right? Like I would love to have a body of work like that in one record. Um, And the all the other records I really really love I listed a few continuum that's another record I've listened to like a bajillion times yeah. Martin Sexton live wide open sorry I'm just naming the few that I love okay um, but this one has so much intention and interesting things going on the production's incredible the writing's amazing it's so thought out it is filled with different musicians and different sounds and different approaches to like the sonic recording um, like palette. Yet somehow feels like one piece of art. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just incredible. I I, and 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 I've when you said I was going to talk about a record. Honestly, this is the only one right now, besides ones that I listed that that you already did, or that this is the only one. I feel like I I I like I know every song on this record and details of this record really well. I don't know the artist that well. I know their names or one of their names. I know I almost saw them once, but didn't. Um, <laughs> I know other bands way better, but I know this record better than most records I know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Wayne, it's I know that you, 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 wanna, you want to, you want to chime in here.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like when you said uh, he wants to do Vampire <laughs> Weekend, it's 18 track father of the bride i like i gasped i might have thrown up in my mouth i don't, and then because i have a horror i just envisioned tusk which was this self-indulgent three individual songwriters fighting to get their songs on a substandard fleetwood mac record and when i listen to this this like so i started listening to it i'm listening to the first two songs and i'm going through my notebook writing the titles down and i'm like this this writes out like a like a rock opera or a concept album. It has to be, and I listen to the whole thing through, and I listen to it through again, and I read about it, and it's not. But the word that Ezra uh, Kana kept using was cohesive, and that's absolutely what it is. This fits together like one piece, even even though the the pieces are are ne- not necessarily interrelated physically. They're it all fits together perfectly. He has these little transition pieces that are less than two minutes that just kind of link you to the next thing that he wants to talk about in this big, in this big picture. This you know, and then at the end, he just he just drives it home. He starts it great, he ends it great, and everything in between fits together and makes absolute sense. It was like this is like this is how you do an eighteen track record. He right. he set the bar like this is what. If you're going to go 18 tracks, you need to pull it together like Ezra.
1: Totally. The transition songs. And it's so funny. I remember listening to this record right before Stockbridge and I tried to remind myself, like, don't make the endings on the song tie up in a bow all the time. Cause that's one thing I love about this is it, it you know, we've lost, at least I have, I've lost my attention span um, a little bit. <laughs> and this record is like, it's for that modern listener. It like, It plays like a, like there's a lot of artists out there who are making things that sound like a playlist. Like they're really short and they go all over the map and they just sort of like understand you can't focus. This one does that, but in a way that doesn't um, lose the integrity of the songs and the way that it accomplishes it is so impressive. It's just, and so I remember going up to to record Stockbridge and be like, oh, I got to think of cool endings for the songs that aren't just like and resolve. And I just forgot to do it. um, And I wish I hadn't because I think it would make a difference. That's funny.
0: All right, um, let's let's uh, let's talk about some some bio info on the record. So this is fourth studio album from Vampire Weekend, released in May of 2019, released on Columbia Records. Uh, they said that this was their first album on a major label, and I should have written down what the previous label was, but um, was not considered a quote unquote major. Primarily produced by Ezra, and also collaborator Ariel. I'm going to say the last name wrong. Rec Shade. Does that sound the right? Hippos, right?
2: Yes. Daniel Heim's husband or boyfriend.
0: Yep. He, yep. So, yep. and we talked about him previous uh, uh, when we did the Heim record, um, mm-hmm. you know, last year, um, and he's. He's pretty well known as well. He's uh, won some some Grammys for production, and um, not only not only for Vampire Weekend, but for Adele. And oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and he also produced "Hey There, Delilah."
2: Plain white tees. Plain white tees.
0: Yeah. Don't sleep on "Hey There, Delilah." <laughs> great no, tune. no, it is a great tune. All right, uh, does feature a lot of uh, external collaborators. We've, we're going to talk about those uh, as we go through the track by track. So we already brought up Danielle, Danielle Heim, um, Steve Lacey. The um, album did have a number of singles. We'll talk about those as well. And critically, this is well-received as well. It did garner some Grammy Award nominations uh including the Grammy for Best Alternative Music Album at the 52nd Grammys and it won. You guys want to know what what a beat out? Of course. Let's see if you guys even have have even heard of 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 these other bands. Um, <laughs> so James Blake, album Assume Form. I don't know mm-hmm. that one. I know James Blake, but I don't know that album. Big Thief, U-F-O-F. Do you guys know Big Thief? I know the band. Don't know the music. Yeah, I know the band. Uh, Tom York. Uh, sure? uh,
2: finally somebody I've heard of.
0: Okay, you've, him, you've heard of. heard him <laughs> out of there. And then uh bon Iver, I-I. <laughs> heard right of him too. Yeah. So that won. Uh, Vampire Weekend won the Grammy for Best Alternative. It was also nominated for Album of the Year. So here, here's what I don't understand. So I was looking at the the other nominees. There's like eight nominations for album of the year now. Did didn't it used to just be like five? I'm the wrong person. Okay, I don't really pay attention right. to the to the Grammys that much. All right, let's let's see if you can figure out who wins from from these nominees. All right. Okay. So Boney Vare, which which I just mentioned, um. I used to know her from H-E-R. Mm-hmm. Is it just H-E-R or do, do they call it her? It's her. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know them. Um, Norman effing Rockwell from Lana Del Rey. Cause I love you from Lizzo. When we all fall asleep, where do we go from Billie Eilish? Uh, seven from little Nas X. And then thank you next ariana grande
2: it's making billy eilish old. i got nothing i'm not even gonna answer this i'm not gonna you're not even gonna answer with an
4: answer
0: yeah it was billy eilish billy eilish one yeah wow so i have not listened to actually i'm what looking was the, what was the tune or was that an actual or was it the whole record it was the whole record album of the yeah, year yeah yeah, yeah, album, yeah. album of, of the year. year um i love lana del rey that's that's one That's one of the things okay. that I've gotten into over the last year is her. So I've listened to three of those albums. Yeah. Uh, that just makes me feel like I'm an old dude and I just don't care about modern, with you. Modern, modern pop. Listener. All right. Um, I mentioned commercially it was a, a success as well. This was Vampire Weekend's third consecutive record to debut at number one on the Billboard album chart. So.
1: Oh, and this is their fourth record. So the first one didn't debut at number 1. The first one was also I toyed with sending that one along cuz that was first one's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable.
2: Yeah. And like I say the the first thing I I mean I am get off my lawn guy, but Ben and I a long time before we started this podcast, we were we we used to just make up top 10 list topics and we text them back and forth and one of them was your favorite bands of the 21st century. And I'm pretty sure this band was on both our lists along with the strokes and gaslight Anthem and stuff like that. So and I, even though I don't, I never, I, re, I, I've bought this record. I have bought at least their first two records. I, they were Christmas presents for my daughters, but it's like, I knew that this is how, like I get that things change and there's a progression and these guys are definitely i am on board 100 percent behind these guys from the beginning
4: yeah
0: yeah i never bought the first two records though i did um i did borrow them from the library if, if you guys know what i mean gotcha i got
2: them all that's where i borrowed them from a friend
0: okay mm-hmm. Borrow borrowed them from a friend all right you guys ready to
2: dive into this Oh, very much.
0: Ready. I am
1: I'm so interested. This was not easy to score. It was not like not only to think about it, but actually to like look at the lines eighteen times. I was like, did I already say number eight? But I'm I'm very interested to see where
0: everybody lands on this. Um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. We're all over the place. Outside (laughs) Outside of um our top two tracks, we're all over the place. So this is going to be fun. Great. All right. Uh, reminder, our scoring is based off a number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? You've already said it. 18. All right. Which means top song is going to get 18 points. Next favorite, 17 points on down to the lowest score of one. What What is it about 18 tracks? Okay. So I just did the George Harrison record while you were on vacation. That was We ended up scoring 18 songs. We're getting ready to do Exile on Main Street. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is 18 songs. So um, I'm really looking forward to somebody picking a Steely Dan record that only has seven songs on it. I'm just throwing that out there for all of our future guests because, man, we we could use it. All right. Uh, f- first track, Hold You Now.
5: I know. I did my best and all the rest is hidden by the clouds I can't carry you forever But I can hold you now Leaving now your wedding day All calm and dressed in white All I keep's the memory Of one last crooked night pews are getting filled up organs playing loud i can carry you forever but i can hold you now right.
0: and yeah you already know that my sweet spot is americana and that's what we've got from the beginning on this and then I would say that the ending of the song is what knocks this down a few points for me because it does I think that Ezra was trying to send a message that this this record is going to be a little bit different and then he starts throwing in the elements of vampire weekend that we all know towards the end of the song-hmm maybe I uh, maybe I'm reading into that but that's that's kind of how I felt like he was sending a message I actually love this it was
1: hard for me to put I put a well, I don't. I don't say my score yet. Is that I shouldn't say it yet? <laughs> I won't say it yet. But what I struggled with is if if we were to do a category for songs on records, it would be really high for me. Um, okay, because it's. I think it's the perfect start. Um, but when I am looking at them as songs in a in a battle royale, I I actually when I when I looked back and saw i I'm, I guess I'm hinting at this point. it's a lower score than I would just I say. It. Just, it's just, a just all right, it's a just three. it's a damn 3 um I felt bad doing that because it 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 serves a really important yeah. purpose for the album.
2: It's super yeah. important. I think because to me, I looked at this, I mean, like I said, I started right away. you can you can even see in the titles that he's that he's got a bigger picture going on that there's this is all gonna tie together. This is all. And as I especially I think on these first two tracks, I think what it reminded me of and even the title of it is that next level in adulthood like you cuz when you look at this band they are now they are now big enough that they can they can shit the bed and they're going to they're going to get another chance like their vampire weekend is that's his job now whereas when you're right. struggling early on it's trying to get a deal or trying to get records out there trying to trying to sell them this is his job and he's entering this next level in adulthood, you know, past, you know, those college years, uh, where, you know, you're 18, but now it, it, things are going to get harder and different. And he, and like I say, I think there's an image of the graduate that comes in that I don't think is on accident. That whole pre-wedding, um, tris thing is definitely gave me a a graduate vibe but i think this song is very important it's like an analogy for what he's Mm -hmm. he's really kind of lays out in the next song but that that relationship that's it's on and off again it's white hot and then you know she's gonna she's gonna grow up and she's gonna go to the next level and she's gonna leave you behind and the whole story he he tells right there in that in those three minutes yeah do,
0: I who who was it that brought up the theme thing? Was it you, Wayne? Wayne, yeah, Wayne. So, do you feel like this this song? Okay, this is one of the songs that he does with with Danielle.
2: Oh, and they them together is special. Like that is and that and, in and my and that, notes. Them together, is, it's a special combination.
0: So, all of those songs that they do together is is that wrapping a, a theme up?
2: you know it's funny as I mentioned that later in one of the songs, but when they sing together, there it feels like two specific characters um I think I mean because of the way their their voices work together um mm-hmm. i don't I don't think when I look at it at the end, I think two of the three songs do sound like the same couple, right. whereas this one doesn't but but it could be if we if you if the story if we're missing some parts of the story are there some he, there's some parts left on untold? I, I might be getting
1: this wrong but he so he has a podcast called Time Crisis as Koenig does. Oh okay. He did around the time of this album being released um, he did a whole special on it and he did bring up that he had this creative idea of there being this duet between a, a male and a female vocalist that would pop up sort of in the beginning and the middle of the end. So there was definitely some conceptual and creative intention, conceptual thought and creative intention behind it. whether or not it's the story I agree, I can't quite. yeah, like it connects, but it doesn't. But I do think at least at least from a feeling, like when you listen to the record through, which I do very often, it is this like marker. Um, and um, and for me, like hold you now is like and uh, is like boy in the bubble, like I'm sort of settling in. And then he's going to hit with Harmony Hall. Just like yeah. I'm like, I know Graceland is coming after Boy in the Bubble. Yeah. And so it's not that I want to like skip over it, but I could. But if it were gone, I would be like, this record sucks. Like, how could you <laughs> possibly start this album with Graceland or with Harmony Hall? Like, bad idea.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how much George Jones and Tammy Wynette um, he was listening to when he was creating these songs for him and mm. Danielle. So hopefully there's a happier ending. Then George Jones and Tammy Wynette, so um, all right, wayne your score on uh hold hold you now
2: i I gave it a eight because I think it's very important like I say it's like it's like starting the whole thing with a with a with a little story where he you know there's an old guy telling a story before he really starts before all this stuff starts to happen.
0: Yeah, all right. this is my six, and I feel bad about my score. All right, next song, Harmony Hall.
5: Young pretenders Beneath these velvet gloves I hide the shameful crooked ends Of a money lender Cause I still remember (laughs) Anger wants a voice Voices want to sing Sinners harmonize Till they can't hear anything I thought that I was free From all that questioning but every time a proud mess, another one begins, and the stone walls of i all bear witness. And a battle with a word in mind can never forgive the sight. If we get snakes inside a place you thought was dignified. I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to
0: die. And longtime long listeners of the podcast is. They already know that, um, in 2019, this was one of my most listened to songs. Oh, wow. yes. So Very cool. I already laid that, uh, laid that gauntlet down in that episode. However, if you do listen to that episode, I think I incorrectly said that the female vocals were Jenny Lewis. So I believe the credits are Danielle for this one as well. Jenny, mm-hmm. Jenny's coming up soon on another song. We'll, t- we'll talk about that. Uh, this was the lead single from, from the record, uh, released in January of 2019. So ahead of time, um, 2021 was the, I guess, considered a double A side for, mm-hmm. for, for that. And it was, um, it did peak on, uh, on the, the, alternative songs chart at number eight
1: that's awesome a five-minute track at number eight there you go that's so cool uh
0: was nominated for best rock song at the grammys did not win Mm. (laughs) do you guys even want me to list the nominees because i'm looking at some of them and you're like (laughs) no actually i think i think you guys will know these these names all right See see if you can you can figure out who who wins from from all of these. All right, so give yourself a try from the nineteen seventy five. That might be the one that you don't know, Wayne.
2: Oh, I know the nineteen seventy five. Okay,
0: cool awesome. band. Um, so Harmony Hall. Uh, history repeats from Brittany Howard. I don't know Brittany Howard. Fear inoculum. Um, Brittany Howard. Alabama shakes. Oh, okay. Ah, I know Brittany. Okay. Uh, fear inoculum. From Tool. Hmm. And then Gary Clark Jr.'s This Land. What do you think wins best rock song from those nominees? Gary Clark Jr.? Gary Clark Jr.
2: I remember that. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So I love this song. And. I feel bad that I gave it my seventeen instead of my eighteen.
2: Oh yeah, I have like <laughs> I have two notes and sticky notes. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to keep track of all of this. I love from a to me he he tells a little analogy of what he's gonna of of what's coming up, and then this is the one where he he kind of paints the whole picture. Whether you whether you can follow along or not, um, as a as from a songwriter perspective, I love that first verse where he starts using different time references. As far as summertime and December and uh, what's the last one? New Year's Eve. So he's using all these time markers to show that time moves on. Um, to me, the chorus is really where it's all like the journey. That chorus angry, so that angry youth. That 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 age when you know, at just out of high school in college, you you can see what's wrong with the establishment, and you just you you mm-hmm. want to ch- you you're gonna you're determined to change it. And then, as and still believe that you can, and as the through the end of the course, you can realize that you get to a point when you look around, and next thing you know, then your contemporaries are now the guys in charge of things. Like he's at that age, I mean, I think he's nearing 40 where your your peers are running for Congress and they're no longer junior partners or junior executives, they're becoming the people. This is when his generation becomes that power generation and takes it away from their parents.
4: Hmm. Man,
1: Yeah. This one for me is, I also had it as 17 and debated it in a big way. Me too. Um, But um, it's just the sections of it. They're all so perfect from like, you know, anger wants a voice, voices want to sing. That pre-chorus is fantastic. And the chorus is fantastic. And then especially when it gets to that, like, just because this big guitar part, like the soaring sort of post-chorus with the ooze, like everything just, there's a lot going on like sectionally, um, but it all just, you just go through five minutes like nothing. It goes, it gets huge. It gets tiny. Um, That's a hard, that's such a hard thing to produce. Like I don't really, I've never produced a track that goes to that many places um, of bigness and smallness and introducing new sounds and even the like baroque piano thing that pops up it's very vampire <laughs> weekend like it's just so like it's so good it's just crazy someone made this and 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 it and that it doesn't fall apart and that you finish the track and you're like yep i just listened to a five minute song and it felt like it was two minutes
2: yeah and i you love know? how he found a line of his own that uh i don't want to live like i don't want to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't want to live, live like, like this, this, but I don't want to die because I think that from what this whole like say the whole way this whole thing starts to feel to me, that's a great that's a great callback because it's that point in life where I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to give up, but I don't want but I don't want to fight anymore. Like it's he mm-hmm. he he was able to take his own work and push it into this this next level. It this is I I did give it my 18. Like this this song is oh, just great. amazing.
0: Yeah. If I ever see this band in concert, there's going to be some annoyed fans <laughs> around me when I start singing.
1: I was I had tickets to the Red Rock show. Yeah. A, a family thing popped up and I had
0: to cancel my trip, a bunch of
1: my friends went we all were gonna go out. They they all went and to to, to Red Rocks and stay in a hotel for a few days and, and go see this concert. And I should have. It's so funny. I should have worn the T shirt because my friends brought me back oh. on a tour T shirt from this. And I, I yeah, I
0: it's dirty because I wear it a lot. And I'm at the bottom of the barrel right now. <laughs> all good. All right. Um, next song is Bambina. All right, Wayne. Lyrics dissection. I need your I need your help. This is Bambina, not the Sultan of Swat, not the Great Babe Ruth. That's Bambino. So Bambina, what what is that?
2: It's a girl baby. That that's why it fits so well in this. I mean, especially from the, when I'm just writing it down and I'm seeing, you know. The first, the father of the, you know, the father of the bride reference in the first song about, so there's marriage and then there's the real world starting and then there's having babies. And it all, it all feels really familiar. But I love how it's got a very lullaby feel to it. And it's definitely one of those transition songs that's stuck in to kind of get you Mm -hmm. it going in a different direction. Um, But I love the line of like a foreign car, though we are, we are we're American made. Cause that's one of the contradictions that I see in society all the time. Everybody's got their, they're waving their flags and then they drive away in their Volvo. Uh, so it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's who we are. And he, he, he calls us out in calls all of us out in a way that doesn't seem snarky. Mm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Dan,
1: anything else? It's, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I love this tune. I also see it slightly as a trans. There's it's it's like on that second tier of transitional tune for me. Um, Feels really good coming off of Harmony Hall. That it's just like the right tempo for the moment. Um, Keeps my interest and um, love the chorus Um, and um, love the huge guitar lines coming out of the chorus into the verse. It's like no, it's just a really it's just as a a fun little rocker, um, but I gave it—I gave it an eight.
0: Yeah, I gave it a nine. Wayne,
2: I, I gave it a six. Like I say, there were. This was one of the ones where I—I I, I felt like it—it it works overall better than it would stand on its own. I guess is probably where my score came from.
4: Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. All right. This life is next.
5: been cheating on cheating on you you've been cheating on me but i've been cheating through this life
0: this was the third single from the record uh double a side with unbearably white and um uh peaked at number 11 on the hot rock songs chart I don't know what that even means anymore um, it's such a great song like <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. I, I already made mention that I changed I changed my my top song from harmony hall to this one because the more I listened to this song and the more I was just like oh,
2: well gosh, I just I love that so good as a 52 year old man I who you know with a really good memory I love those opening lines um, you know Baby, I know pain is as, as natural as the rain, but I thought it didn't rain in California. That whole idea That's of I, lyric. I know, I, I always knew life was going to be hard, but I just didn't think it would be hard for me. Like I was immune to it. Right, not for me. Yeah, just I. Yeah, it's and I. It's funny, as I, had, I had saw this one guy to this doctor talking about you know people think like everybody has the same chance of getting cancer but everybody if you ask them they think their chances are really as much ma- are much lower than everybody else and it's yeah. definitely along those lines like i heard it was going to be hard but i assumed that that's forever you know i'm i'm going to be one of those lucky ones where where it's not
0: totally we're surviving we're still living i'm stronger that's my favorite lyric off of this um
2: Oh, well, mine is when I was told that there the that war is how we landed on these shores. I just thought the drums of war beat louder warnings, like that whole idea of we we all know how this this country was founded. Everybody understands that, but I just thought there'd be more fanfare. I thought there would have been. I thought there would have been. It would have been easier to see, like all these troubles that are going to come up in life and all these little battles. I would expect a heads up, like
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I was going to say I love songs that. Like um, repeat a lyrical structure and sort of continue to give you more. And by the end, they're really giving it to you. Like, baby, I know pain is as natural as the rain is the opening one, you know? And then baby, I know dreams tend to crumble at extremes. Baby, I know hate is always waiting at the gate. And then finally, baby, I know death probably hasn't happened yet because I don't remember living life like this before. I just love songs. that, And I I try to do that pretty often where you're staying on this same theme, but you you can't really give it away until further. And um, it's just... It's it's so good, and I and the one thing I have to say is I love when you hit that chorus where you have I think it's um, Danielle Heim and in harmony with a with a tremolo on the vort, on the cheating on cheating on me I've been cheating on che-. but it's but there's a tremolo to it which mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever heard backing vocals like that with like a. A filter and a tremolo that, and it's just it works so well it seems like one of those things you'd like do in the studio and like look to your friend and laugh and be like that's too silly to do and that's what I love about this record is there's so many moments of just pretty simple experimentation with like both analog and but like digital stuff and they just like and I feel like sometimes I listen to music like that and i'm like why don't i just do that shit we were messing around with and all got a kick out of and thought it was cool and then we're like nope that's against the rules like i love that
0: backing vocal with the tremolo yeah and they take a lot of chances on on this record mm-hmm. and it for most of them it, they work yeah yeah
2: and i know i had watched a youtube video uh like i was telling ben i wanted to watch something where they said his name so i didn't say it wrong and uh, I ended up watching this 15 minute YouTube video on where he apparently they must have gave him a list of songs they wanted him to tell real quick stories about. And this was the only one off this album that was in there. But he he took that line from a from a rapper. I love Maconan on Macon I, 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 I don't know the young man's name, but he actually even gave him songwriting credits. And that's what so that oh. I'm cheating on you. You're cheating on me line is from that is from that song. And he just thought it was, like he said, he thought it was so mature, like, let's not feign all these emotions about, you know, guilt or indignation or anything. Like, you're cheating on me, I'm cheating on you. What are, where are we going to go from here? Like, what are, how are we going to tre- handle this? Uh, and I thought that, which I thought fit in very well with the, the whole theme of this record, uh, was, uh,
1: was absolutely brilliant. Do you know that Red Foley song, Cheating on Your Baby, old Western swing tune? You're cheating on your baby. Don't forget that maybe your baby
0: may be cheating on you.
2: Yeah, It's
1: a good good Western swing. Yeah.
0: I've been listening to the latest Delamitri record and, you know, one of their biggest, biggest songs was, um, always the last to know. And, um, you know, he's talking about that, you know, she was cheating on him and, you know, he was the last one to know. And, and the last the last verse is basically him saying, um, like I cheat like you cheated on me, like I cheated on you, and you were the last to know. So he throws he throws yeah. those lyrics right back at, at, at her as well. So it's just brilliant when they do stuff like yeah. that. So totally. <laughs> All right. Um did I get scores? This is my eighteen. It's my eighteen.
2: Uh, this is my 17.
0: Okay. Um, just so you know, this is our number one song. All right. Big Blue is next. Big
5: Blue Once in my life I felt close to you I was so overcome with emotions When I was hurt and in need of affection When I was tired and I couldn't go home Then you're out protection
0: and this was the second single off the record. I guess it was the double A side with the upcoming track, Sunflower. Um, I was kind of surprised by that because this is not really a radio single.
4: Right. Or maybe I'm yeah, wrong. This is
2: one I would have called another one of those other transition pieces. It's yeah. under two minutes. It just kind of gets you from the last big number to the to the next one
1: under two minutes and it's funny looking i i looking at this i probably in the end would swap this with my hold you now score but i had it in that same region of like super important for the record you're off of this life what do you do next it's such a cool tune to go to but when you look at it in a vacuum it's just going to get a lower score for me
0: yeah you have to have a transition song after a big song like this life I think. I also. I don't
1: know if you both know this, but in Rhode Island, um, there's a Rhode Island fame. There's a lot of Rhode Island famous things, but one of them is the Big Blue Bug, which is this huge pest control company. And on the side of this very busy highway, there's a big, giant blue bug, and uh, it's in Dumb and Dumber. And that's like every in Rhode Island, we it's like a very big, like we're very proud of that. The Big Blue Bug was in Dumb and Dumber. I cannot hear. I cannot see those words together and not think Big Blue Bug. Okay. And so I just always think of the Big Blue Bug when I hear the song.
0: Yeah. I do love the guitar work in this one. Um, so good. Prob- probably because it reminds me of George Harrison. Yeah, totally. Well, and
2: I think they do some cool things with instrumentally where they kind of make these computer sounds, which I thought was cool because Big Blue was the the nickname for IBM. And so he has all these little choppy instrument Noises that sound very computer generated um, but like I say, I like this one seemed very and almost environmental like this world this the big blue marble
0: I'm sorry I every time I listen to this, I think of old school you're my, boy, oh, you're my boy blue oh my boy blue you're my boy blue
1: I just love that it's my also boy, it's blue. just the same verse, right over and over again yeah. like
4: mm-hmm.
1: and um you know. Again, like I said, one of the things I love about this record is it makes me want to make a record. My record, fiction and photographs, is the only record I thought a lot about, like putting together a record and and I don't even think it really reads, but we put a song at the top of that record that was like a real short, weird little song that by all accounts as a songwriter, like it's not done, right? Like there's no chorus or whatever. And um and uh that that's what like I look at this song and and I love that I love songs that to me don't feel like okay this doesn't have like you know verse chorus verse chorus bridge verse chorus double chorus like it's just hey here's like a
0: thought or like a little poem yeah yeah all right scores on big blue and this is my five Dan what do you got I got a four on this one okay Wayne I have a ten there's lots of you rethinking.
2: No, okay. not necessarily. Because I, like I say, I think I, I, this is, I enjoyed it. You
0: like transition songs? All
2: right. Yeah, it's 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 serving its purpose.
0: Okay. All right. Next song is uh, "How Long." Anybody anybody know any of the reference of why it's felt like Halloween since Christmas twenty seventeen? Was there something it, related it to that? It all
2: felt very personal. It it had yeah. it was so specific that it really felt like he was tell you know, like he's letting us inside without really telling us what, what he's what he's cluing us into.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah, I, like- I don't I don't really know what the song is about. Me neither.
1: I love the elements of like hip hop production in this. Um, it felt like very, especially the um, in the chorus. La 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 la. There's a mm-hmm. had that sort of like. Pharrell this is
0: more of a top. single than the other songs that I just mentioned.
1: Totally, it did. I remember hearing this song for the first time and and thinking to myself. I feel like everyone's trying to pick the or write the one that's like, oh, this is the one that will be yeah. the single. This this felt to me, whether this is true or not, like the attempt of a single, maybe. And then the other ones just ended up being so good that it's like, ah, fuck it. We're we'll do violence. that. In, yeah, yeah, we'll do that instead. Yeah.
0: So he's in LA now, right? Is this about time. how long is it before California Like has an earthquake and drops into huh. the sea? I don't know
2: there's a sense of futility in this, in this song, like how long, like nothing, th- what, what's the point of all of this? Like how long before this happens? Um, and I, I, I mean, how long before the hills fall I, I, or if California drops into the sea? It's all, I, there was all a sense of, of what's the point of all of this. Um, but I did, I did love that California verse where, you know, the house is on Mulholland drive and the, the car's on sunset Boulevard, like nothing's where it's supposed to be. Like, I, I, that was my favorite part of the song. Okay. I don't, so
1: I don't know. I mean, I've been to LA enough, but I don't understand what, like, tell me, why, why are they not where they're supposed to be? If the house is on Mulholland Drive, the car's on Sunset, but they're just, well,
2: in- but Sunset Boulevard is down the hill from, like, Mulholland Drive is up near in the, I want to say in the Laurel Canyon got it, area. Got it. Like, it's up. It's like, but either they're way, far. he's not where the car is. Like, yeah, 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 I, it had, it. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. had this real feeling like he's trying to explain to a cop, like, uh, this is not my. This is my car, but right. my driver's license is in is in Mulhall, and I'll like I'll be right back. Like I'm not. Everything is, it's not where it should be. It's not yep. all lined up perfectly.
4: Yep. yep, yep,
0: yep. Yeah. All right. This is my 12, Dan.
1: Um, I gave it a 10. Wayne. 13. Okay. Okay. We're we're not far from each other on not, that Not
0: That one wasn't too far away. Yeah. No. Okay. All right, next song, Unbearably White. I know this song is not about the Republican Party. <laughs> unbearably white. Um, there's some good lyrics in this one, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like a lot of the imagery. You know, he talks about the snow on the peak was just unbearably white. The page in your notebook was unbearably white. So let me throw this out and let me see what you guys think on this. So when I get to the lyric of there's an avalanche coming. So we already talked about the snow. Do I, do I interpret that? That could be the avalanche could be the snow mentioned on the peaks or the words that's going to be in the notebook.
4: Hmm.
2: Ah, wow. To me, like I say, I love that, that unbearably white, that bright blankness, you know, whether it's a, a snow white blizzard or a blank page, but to me, (laughs) so what kept us together is what kept us alive. And, Don't kill me for making this reference, but it was uh, you live for the fight when that's all that you've got. Like I say, when the struggle is sometimes what keeps you together and then once light, once you get past it and there's no struggle and now you have to deal with all uh, of your, of the shit you ignored because you were busy fighting the fight, fighting the good fight.
0: What is the reference again?
2: Was that Rocky? Oh, that's no. it's from living on a prayer.
0: No, oh, well, that's why I don't know it because I'm. You're
2: the. <laughs> you're lying. I don't. I don't, don't remember the. Not know living I d- prayer.
0: I do not remember the lyrics to uh, that song, dude.
2: Tommy and Gina are gonna slap you in the face.
0: <laughs> it's because you played it so damn much in high school that I've just repressed it, dude. I have repressed that song. That's rough. If all right. Karaoke. Uh, 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 all and and, 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 and that's like my wife's karaoke go-to song too and I just that in total eclipse of the heart. So that's a good song. <laughs> yeah.
1: I always have to carry. Everyone's always I'll like, want if, a I'm, Grammy. if I'm in a karaoke situation, people assume because I sing, it's like, oh, Dan, do a karaoke. But like, my voice is really low and I'm terrified of picking something because you never know the key. So I'm just like, I guess I'm going to sing Johnny Cash just to play it safe. <laughs> but I, it's not that I love Johnny Cash, but I always have to
0: do something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, stretch yourself. You gotta Go yourself. G and <laughs> R next time. All right. Okay. All right. Um, scores. Dan, what do you got for Unbearably White? I had it as a five. This is
1: um, it's a cool song. I think if I listen to it alone, it's cool. But it's, it's a little laid back kind of chill vibes for me um, for this record, which is I don't think I need this feeling where it shows up on this record. So Unbearably okay. White. I remember when it came out because it was one of the early singles. I had a really cool animation on Spotify with like a skier. And I really liked it. But in the vibe of the record... Um, it does make the next song fantastic, but yeah, it's got a lower score
2: for me. It's a five.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Wayne?
2: Uh, and I gave it a seven. I, As one who... Uh,
0: is unbearably white? What, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... I can't do anything about that. Right. The, sun shines, the sun never shines here.
0: No. All right. This is my eight. All right. Next song cool. is Rich Man...
5: man in ten has a satisfied mind, and I'm the one. A hundred to one says I wouldn't react, but I'm the one in a hundred who would swing right back, yes, I'm the one. Thousands of steps and staircases to climb, thousands of men you're most likely to climb, and yet I'm the one.
0: He does sample guitarist S.E. Roji. Roji? Did I say that right? Um, so he gets, S.E. gets uh, songwriting credits that for the That sample is so cool. Yes, very, very cool. So artifacty and and great. All right, so I have to ask this. So we talked about themes. I want to bring back the theme thing. Is there a theme somewhere in the record about gold? Like there's Mm. gold coins in this song. The next song is married in the gold rush. He brings up in that song about the gold. It's not going to weigh us down. We've already talked about how long referring to sinking to the bottom of the ocean. And sometimes I think of what's at the bottom of the ocean is like treasure gold at the bottom of the, the sea is, is, is he trying to send a message about like consumerism, about capitalism, or am I just reading way too much about that? Cause yeah. like, I
4: think it's
2: wait. This to me is about the singularity, cause it all comes down to one. And I, what I like the way he does is, is the numbers, if you look at them, they get bigger. Right. It starts out as one in 10, 100 to one, 1,000, 10,000 10, to one, yeah. 1 in a million, 10 mil- you know, 100 million, 1 billion. In a billion. One. He just gets the odds get. Better and better and better as you go, uh, but it's all it all comes down to one.
1: Yeah, to me, it's a. It was always like a, I feel like I've thought more about this one than other ones to try to find it because um, it's like a happiness success thing to me, where it's like the odds are against him that like he's getting what he wants maybe, but is it going to make him happy? And the odds are sort of against him, right? Um, but uh, <sighs> this song is. I can't believe I mean it's just so I can't believe there's this many good songs on this album this song is fantastic <laughs> yeah. the string parts are are incredible I don't know anything like it like I don't know what he even referenced to make that happen or how he knew I think the the violin player on the album is a is a pretty well-known renowned violinist I don't know who it is but I remember reading up on it once and um just in and, and it's like that's the other thing that like about this record that makes me jealous of this level of musician that you have the the resources, the funds, the time and the network to get to people who can play instruments like that and right. like, do something that complicated in, in, in a song like this. Um, not just like, Hey, can you come in and just like rip a solo? Cause I've, I've leveraged a lot of relationships, especially on my album, something good. There's a lot, there's almost, there's like different bands and players on every song on that record. But a lot of it was like, can you sing this harmony that I already wrote? I know you're busy or, can you rip a solo i know you're busy but this is like this is like yeah. collaborating like and and we you know we're going to get to the steve lacy stuff soon but um yeah i just this this song is so killer yeah all
0: right what's uh what's your score on this one dan i'm a 13 my bar mitzvah song okay It's <laughs> the bar mitzvah song of the record all right this is my seven wayne
2: uh two it's a, it's got a very sing-song children's kind of sound to it initially mm. and just drove me down just drove me down
0: okay all right married in a gold rush is next oh,
2: we got married
5: in a gold rush and the side of gold alone go tonight and make um, my baby proud baby don't midnight
0: this was the one apologies to you both lyrics lyrics got sent over did not include all the lyrics on this one associate yep. pro- associate producer is going to get a talking to all right um this features Danielle Heim, so this is another one. Go back to the Hold You Now uh, song, and there's another one coming up as well. So this is the – I made, I made ref- reference of the George Jones, Tammy Wynette thing. I don't know. I don't know what else to say on this song other than I love it.
2: Oh, yeah, and like I said, the two of them together are special. Uh, the way And this this one has a great interplay where – It's almost like a conversation, um, which I and I say, love it. Relationships start like uh, like a gold rush, like this, all this excitement, and it's you know just a frenzy of emotions and all of these things, and and you you get locked into it, and and it feels like this 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 couple you know gets married through all of this, and then when that starts to die down. Uh, like I said about the uh, earlier like now what do you do with with reality and how do you handle some of these some of these things that are coming up and I think two of my favorite parts are actually real close together the reference to a midnight train which absolutely starts Gladys Knight and the Pips yep. you know he's leaving on that midnight train to Georgia but you know what there's two seats and and let's take the gold let's take some of that stuff that got this relationship started the good parts of it. And let's take that with us and get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that interplay, the boy, who's your baby. And he's like, girl, if you don't yeah. know my now, uh, I know by that,
2: they now. do that. That's
1: they do that. So well,
0: so good. So it's good. a
1: song that is, ri- it's like a, it's a song to me that feels like a live, not like a studio song. Like yeah. it's a live recording almost of like, johnny and june you know yeah and there's sort of like you can sort of see them making eyes at each other and it's such a i don't want to say campy because it's not campy but it's such an interesting moment to insert smack dab in this middle of this record that just it just makes you smile you feel like you're in the audience and you're watching these two performers that have that uh that chemistry their voices are obviously great together but there is a little bit of like the the eyes at each other in the way that's written boy who's your baby boy if you don't know by now or girl who's your baby um and there's another one too i don't want to hear the rumor please don't say it please don't say yeah. it loud like that feels like a um like an like an improv moment at a show and it's just something about that is so i always feel like i'm like sitting in an audience on this song as opposed to listening to a record and it, it does transport me in a cool way
4: yeah
0: all right scores this is my 15 Wayne
2: oh this is my 16 and I think nice. just to make reference to that uh, when she talks about you know how animals can't read signs that's very like say back tying into that relationship that starts with all of these emotions and this frenzy and that you, you almost can't control it like animals don't read like they just it's just a sign you can put whatever you want on it they, they, they don't care it's just blocking the sun like they're just using it as a tool I thought that was a super interesting, super cool thing to put in there.
0: Very good. Dan. This is my 12. Okay. My 12. mistake is next.
5: You fake. Hoping for comments was my great mistake.
0: Songwriting credits for this also go to, I'm going to totally slaughter his name, Ludwig Emil Tomas Gorenson. Did I say that right? He's won lots of Golden Globes and Hmm. uh, he won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Composition for his series for The Mandalorian. Oh, wow. Love that show. Yes. Wow. And the music is great in that, so kudos this, kudos to 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 him. And this is like a jazz standard. You wouldn't you wouldn't
1: know it by the way it's played and plunked out, but like the chord changes are very very real book. Um, okay. In a very a very cool way, it's like if I had my guitar and I were to play it for you right now, I could make it sound like a like a lounge song very easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't focus too much on this. This was one that just didn't there's two songs on this record that just didn't do a whole lot for me. This was one of them. This was my, so this is my two. So I didn't spend too much on chord progression or anything like that on this song. Sure. So, um, what about you, Dan? What? Yeah, this is, on this, this is
1: out of the, out of the transition songs. Um, This is where I'm trying to find it. Uh, My mistake. I had this as a seven. It's my favorite transition song, mainly because of that reason. I think that um, as a writer, I write a lot of those like jazz standardy songs and you get in the studio and you just have this natural inclination to do that thing. I had one on my last record. It's Southwest Brooklyn. We worked really hard to make that feel cooler. Like We actually sampled every guitar chord and put it on the OP-1 and then we played the piano is playing my guitar chords just to make it weirder. Like, okay. Cause I didn't want to just have it be like, um, you know, like ice cream man, Martin Sexton or, or <laughs> something like that. Um, and I'm just like, I was just so impressed with like, again, if you take this song, it's a standard and there's, but the production brings it to this totally different place with those weird sound yeah. effects. It's like, it's a lot of intention to make something that, different with chords that familiar. And so from a production standpoint, it really impresses me. It's a lot of thought
0: went into it. It feels like very good. Wayne, anything uh, before we get scores?
2: No, I, I, I do feel it is a transition, but the one thing that they, they didn't duplicate from the other two was they, it went on too long and that Mm -hmm. it started to, there's this weird part where Ben and I, I don't know, Ben, you remember those, those segues to commercials would be like this very, it had that kind of feel to it—the '70s segue into another commercial, mm-hmm. and so it went long. Like if it if they would have cut this down to under two minutes, uh, I okay. may it still may have gotten my lowest score, but I, I would have less. Okay, what feels like bad things to say about it? Here. Is this your I one? Think- yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Wayne. I, well,
0: didn't. I gave it my I gave it my two, so I'm not I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that far away from him either yeah that's All right. close alright next song is Sympathy
5: now we got that sympathy <laughs> what I'm to you you are to me let's <laughs> go Christianity I never heard the word the means for centuries until there wasn't that in the big bum match got inside. I was never gon' get because I was looking in the mirror. Now I got that sympathy what on to you you ought to me, let's go
0: And I think this one is probably gonna gain some conversation because Dan I see your score on this one. This song, I just get it out of
1: there. <laughs> I every time I hear this song, I was like, I don't need this right now. You're only making Sunflower better because it's gonna be it's it's okay, this might be also not popular. What is Dang. it? I have to look at Abbey Road to remember the song. I, I I used my friend used to call me listening to Abbey Road. He's like, Oh yeah, you're taking Dan's walk down Abbey Road. Cause I would skip, I would skip some songs on Abbey Road. But what is it? Um what would you um, skip? I would skip um, because
2: I can't listen to. Oh, absolutely. Oh. You'd skip it too? Yeah, I hate, I hate that song. I hate that song. I hate that song's rough, but I don't like that song. But it also, like, you know,
1: I it love makes you never give me your money. <laughs> if you go from Here Comes the Sun to You Never Give Your Money, it's a little like Beatles 1. Like because serves a bit of a yeah. purpose, and this also serves a purpose. But yeah, if this were to go away, and this was a seventeen track record, I probably
0: wouldn't have give. I wouldn't have cared. So you'd get rid of because instead of Octopus's Garden, I would totally love Octopus's Garden.
1: Well,
2: first of all, Ringo gets a song. Ringo's guy always is one of the song. most important people yeah. in in rock and roll history. That's right. I well, here's the thing. I I actually I like. The song from this, <laughs> I like the, the the tempo change and it gets real bossa nova samba, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was cool. The part that always like, I know there's more to this song uh, because of the reference to Diego Garcia, which made me Wikipedia Diego Garcia. I thought it was a person, and it's an it's an atoll in the Pacific that that uh, uh, the UK has a joint air force base. Uh, military base with the United States, which they completely displaced all of the residents of this who were living here. They they made them all leave, which they absolutely contest, which they have contested to like the World wow. Court and won. And the UK said. Yeah, well, you can't. Well, I mean, that's not binding. We're not leaving anyway. And the U.S. just shrugged their shoulders and said, yeah, we're with them. So, I mean, there's something more to nice. this about, you know, mm. the futility of, you know, you try and try and try. And even if you win, you don't get anywhere. But there's uh, the reference to cheating has, ha- has come on three or four times. And so uh, the sympathy like now, both of them have some sort of a reference from that. And they're sympathizing. uh but yeah, I love the Diego Garcia reference because it made me look into more like it did the same thing that uh what was that song by Elvis Costello off Armed Forces which made me look up uh <laughs> that guy from that British bizarre oh, obscure British yeah. politician. <laughs> yeah. So it did that.
0: You spend like an hour and a half looking up that dude. Yeah.
2: I had no idea where Diego Garcia was or who he was. Turns out it's an actual place. Hmm. And everybody who lived there is now living somewhere else. I
0: see you've retained that information that you gained from (laughs) that Elvis Costello.
2: Oswald Mosley. Oh, he did retain it. it.
0: Nailed it. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, So, so let me tell you zero. That was the song. Okay. Let me tell you why I think that
4: uh,
0: I gave this a higher score. So I gave it my 14. I really dig. I dig this song. This is how important sequencing is. If you would have put this next to Married in a Gold Rush, yeah. I'd have hated after this song. Mis-
2: yeah. After My Mistake, you got to get some sympathy. Absolutely. And, and that's where yeah, I right.
0: think that it's just the course correction of having this right after My Mistake. I love the frenetic energy of it. I know it. It's the outlier from this entire record. It doesn't sound like anything else. I think on this record, and that's again probably another reason why I kind of dig it because it's like it's just a little bit different. So it definitely lands in a thing that I love. It lands in like that groove
1: that is like, which I love. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. that sample of uh, uh, uh,
0: ah. I'm just like, Ugh, it feels like a horror movie to me. I was expecting uh, to baby. see songwriting credits w- with M83 on this one. Hmm. So, and but it didn't happen. Anyways, if you don't know M83, look him up. So, what score did you have on this, Ben? I gave it a fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, Wayne.
2: I gave it an eleven, and I and like I say, I to me it is. It's musically, it like. I, Vampire Weekend is always very uh, reggae, very, very Caribbean, and this is a little more south, a little more south of the uh, of that, a little more Latin.
0: I think we just lost Dan on this one, Wayne. He's <laughs> no way looking at you know us what? like what he's into, in the he's
1: world? Into, it's too far now. No, yeah. here's the deal. I get made fun of like by a number. Of, I've had a few people in my life who have made fun of how I I write most of my songs in major keys, like. I have friends who are more in the rock world and, and, and we have like bickering conversations that are like ongoing long-term jokes that I'm just like this acoustic dork who has capos falling out of his cargo pockets and they're like thrashing. And so it is not odd to me. that This song has the most like minor feel to it. Uh, let me say, is that true? I think so. I'm just like get, like looking at the record
2: really quickly. It's less happy. Everything on this record is
1: yeah. pretty
0: happy. Um, it's frenetic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but they get. Like I say, I agree with Ben though. They get points for coming off of my mistake. Yes, I agree. With sympathy, like even just in title, you get extra points.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, there I I will say it. If they went straight to Sunflower, I, I would I skip this song often. I do skip okay. it. I'll let it play, and I, I can't. I'm just like, I can't. I gotta go to Sunflower. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I'm so sorry. It's still ridiculous skipping because. <laughs>
2: all right, um, get it out. Of oh, I don't skip it. I don't skip anything. You've, okay. you've brainwashed me into listening to albums in an entirety, and I I can't. I skip "Come Together" as well. Um. Oh my god! I can't. It's my listen favorite to... Beatles song of all time is it? Yeah. I love that song. Wow! It's just so weird, and I love that. I love when John Lennon just starts making things up and <laughs> just like tying things <laughs> randomly together. <laughs>
0: you know what dan i think that i'm with you on that one i i i have occasionally skipped come together to get to something
1: i don't skip it because i don't like it i'm just like all right come together
0: no i just i want to hear something instead yeah yeah all right uh sunflowers next You uh, you had already mentioned Steve Lacey, so he, he helps on a couple songs. Yeah. Um, I do like the guitar work on this one. I will tell you for my score, the scatting or whatever you want to call it, that's, that's where it just didn't work for me as much. But it's super catchy, and I found myself... Um, walking to the dinner table tonight, doing the scatting thing, so it, 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 so it totally worked. It got in my noggin, but not that I like it that much because I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did. I I still ended up giving it my six, but I think that if they didn't have that scatting part, this would have tracked super high for me because I just don't really like that particular part. I'm being nitpicky now. I flipped out when I heard this one.
1: Okay. I was just I was like, oh snap. Vampire weekend is getting into the dead. Vampire weekend's getting heady. There is a heady revolution happening in the indie rock world. I'm in. I was just like, it's just the drums are so the drums are so tight and cool and the guitar mm-hmm. playing. And just just like a like just like a big riff. This riff goes on for like a year. It's not like an improv thing. Like, <laughs> I could sing the whole thing because they do it so many times, and um, it's just such a—it's such an important vibe for this record that it goes to this place. If it didn't go to this place, this album wouldn't be worth 18 tracks to me. It would just be something about this is like—it's like another North Star of this record is this Steve Lacey section and. Okay. I really struggled with this one and the next one because I, and, and 2021. The three of those are just so connected to me. Sunflower, S- Sunflower, Flower, Moon 2021 is like the, I keep, we keep saying, you know, um, it's like Thematics. the Mr. Muster and Polyphene
4: Pam. Yeah. She came
1: with it. It's just something about those three right here are just like, oh my gosh. So, yeah. Um, oh, we got a car alarm. Can you hear that? Is that is not my car? I don't think Hold sounds. on a second. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I thought my like something was being broken
0: into, but um I
2: thought, they were stealing. I thought they were stealing my car.
0: I was like, "What is that?" Um it, yeah, it I, might I be sun- my wife and my daughter. They're watching. I think they're watching Rent. <laughs> <laughs> you have an alarm for when Rent is being
1: played? So Me- that you're maybe, aware of so you maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had Sunflower so as my as my 16. Okay. Wow. That, I'm a heady dude. Yeah. I I,
2: I got a (laughs) Beatles thing when it first starts and then it just, I don't know, it got busy and kind of grading. And like I say, there are moments when I like it. And I do, I agree with the fact that I think this album as a whole is one of those that, 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 what is it? uh, Worth more than the sum of its parts. I mean, as a, as a, as a total unit, it's much. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything to this record. And even the songs, like this song, I didn't. I gave it three. I think it has to be just the way it is. Like he, sometimes you just draw it up and it's perfect.
0: Yep. Yeah, you mentioned the the heady thing. So I never, I never believed. If you would have asked me ten years ago, will you ever buy a Grateful Dead is. record? There it is. I would have said there's no way in hell I would ever buy a Grateful Dead record. And this year, uh, I've bought a couple. You got Europe 72 <laughs> so, over there? I don't have that one, but um have listened to it on Spotify a couple times. So Yeah.
1: there's a, I wouldn't say I'm like a diehard, I know every show, deadhead kind of person, but... um. I'm familiar with some
0: years and their vibes and I'm definitely, I'm definitely
1: into the dead in a very yeah. way. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm starting to get into them. I, I'm starting to realize how, how, uh, how special they were. So
1: What I struggle with, though, is a deadhead who can't also hate the dead. Some of it is so bad. Bob Weir, we, I have an ongoing text with my two friends th- about <laughs> the dead and we love the dead, but we also talk about and I love Bob Weir, and he's also—I can't stand Bob Weir at the same. I, I think out of anyone in my life that I have a love-hate relationship with, it would be Bob I, Weir.
0: Yeah, I got completely scrutinized <laughs> and and almost yelled at by like a classic rock um, friend of mine who probably hasn't listened to anything past like 1987 for sure. for any band. <laughs> like when I brought up, when I brought up stuff about Pink Floyd or the who that's, that's happened in the last, you know, 25 years or he's like, what was that? I don't. Anyways, I made mention. So I saw a few years ago the the lineup that came through Florida, it was Bob Weir opening for Wilco, then My Morning Jacket, and then Bob Dylan ended it. Huh. Um, I was completely bored during Bob's set. Wilco brought it, my morning jacket. I had like a a ethereal experience watching them. I'm super fan now of of them. And we left early from Bob Dylan. He must have not been playing the new Christmas record because
1: I would have stayed for that entire
0: thing. (sighs) He was so bad, dude. I know. So, (laughs) so bad. Like we were just so bored. Um, and he looked like he was completely bored in being oh, there yeah. as well. Have you
1: heard his version of Must Be Santa?
0: No. Who's got to be here that's long and white? It's so good. No. I mean, it's a.
1: it's got to be a joke. He has to be making a joke. <laughs> yeah. The
0: whole thing's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, um, All right. Yeah. Diehard Bob Dylan fans don't at me. I've seen Dylan three times. I've left early twice any fan of any
1: band who can't not like Sorry. some of the band is, is just, you can't like everything. Yeah. Like that's my feeling on the dead. I can't, I love the dead. And there are certain songs that I'm just like, dear God, <laughs> or, or, or the live stuff. Like I listen to the Sirius XM grateful dead station constantly yeah. in my kitchen. And I will listen to them butcher an ending of like a cover of like a Chuck Berry tune. And I'm like, this band had like a stadium full of people. Like, Just spend five minutes and decide the ending. Just what? What's
0: the big deal? But nope, not gonna do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've 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 totally got off off tangent. All right, uh, no, no, I think it was my fault. I brought up the Grateful Dead record. All right, um, did we get scores on Sunflower? Yeah, you guys hated it, and I loved it. Okay, I don't know. (laughs) I don't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, Flower Moon. Flower Moon is next. I'm assuming that the shout-out for Right Place, Wrong Time is Dr. John, or is that just a coincidence? Hmm. Must have been the right place at the wrong time. Sure. I don't know. You were in the right place. Because it does. That? this does have a very 70s vibe to it, does it not? This has a very oh, absolutely. scarlet yeah. begonia vibe s- to it. Yeah,
2: very sexy. Yeah, this yeah. this is... Uh, and that's and Dr. I love the John, way the man. title... I love the way the titles work off of sunflower, right to flower uh, moon. You know, sun in the morning, and then the moon at night. And they, you know, uh, I think that's super cool. Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: not a whole lot lyrically on this though.
2: Oh, you know what? I think he he references possibly. Dylan. Uh, There's a Dylan. Yeah, my favorite yeah. my favorite Bob Dylan song A "Simple Twist of Fate." Simple
0: Twist of Fate. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's your favorite Dylan song.
2: Yeah. That's
0: awesome. That's a good one. All right, all right. You guys are gonna hate me. This is my four. Oh yeah,
4: Wayne. This, what do you got? This,
2: this is my fourteen. I like I say, there is a there's a frustration on in this, uh, and he's like I say, he's like making bad choices because it, and he gets it. Like he's like I say the two of them, both both songs work together in this, and so like while I did give the the previous one a lesser score, I think together they definitely deserve more.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, this is my this is my uh 15. I had, you know, Harmony Hall in this life for my 1817 and then like immediately without thinking I was like, well, it's those two and it's these two and are going to be my top 4. And so I I picked those two as the top and then I went to Sunflower and Flower Moon for 1615. So I put Sunflower right ahead of it because uh I feel like it's, yeah, it's hard for me to parse them apart. And Sunflower just kind of sets the tone. But Flower Moon, love the connection to the song before it. And I love when he, I love Vampire Weekend does this a lot where he does this thing where he sings the song and then just does the same thing up an octave. If it was the right place, the wrong time. <laughs> and I at the line. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. He does
1: that on, I don't even know, you know the song, Hannah Hunt is a Vampire yeah. Weekend song. Phenomenal song. And the whole thing is sort of really low. And then the drums come in. Dun, 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 boom! Dun. and then he sings the exact chorus before up an octave it's such a cool
0: thing it's so much energy to a song to do that yeah it's good um all right next song is 2021 And this is shortest song on the record at a minute 38 and I'm looking at my score. And I, um, I'm ridiculous. Um, I gave it a 13 and the reason Whoa. why I gave it a 13 was two words, Jenny Lewis, that's oh, that that's yeah. it. I'm obsessed with Jenny.
2: Rightfully so, but to me, it's that boy refrain that keeps bouncing out. Because that's, 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 reas- that's Jenny. That's yeah, Jenny. Whatever. I don't care who's doing it. It should be stopped. <laughs> it should be removed. Uh, but I, because I love. As far as uh, I mean this there's this reference from this was made in 2018 to now they're referencing 2021 in this and then those I thought that copper to green steel bum steel beams rest, uh, rusting was like just the the decay in waiting like just waiting this is what happens while you wait you if pennies turn green and steel beams mm-hmm. rust like uh I thought that part was brilliant and if they just I didn't know that was Jenny Lewis, but she should stop that.
0: <laughs> well, if you think I'm ridiculous, Dan, tell him your score. 2021 is at 14 for me.
2: Oh, he already tied it into a Abbey Road suite. He gets a pass. You yeah, have no wh- excuse. This one, though, also. <laughs>
0: Jenny a- Lewis, that's my excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's my- all you got. <laughs>
1: this guy is writing just perfect little melodies all the time i don't think we've even talked about that that so many of these little melodies are very simple they feel like they've existed forever and they're easy to remember this 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 melody is just 2021 when you think about me but i couldn't wait three it's just so nice you just want to like sing it forever and my Oy. one of my daughters Oy. the one that can talk constantly requests this song <laughs> 2021 and i just love that she's requesting you know Deep cuts off an eighteen track record. And that's so that, awesome. I'm, sh- I'm sure that has a thing for me. That it's
0: like, uh, that's good parenting. That's good parenting. That's good par- Thank yeah, you. That's good parenting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a horrible parent because they request the weekend and crap like oh. that. Um, I can't right. listen
2: to Elvis Costello and the Rolling Stones. So yeah. Well,
0: you know what? The cure. F-
2: I can't be all. I can't have done too bad. That's the good.
0: force is really strong in this house. <laughs> and I'm not part of that force. All we right, do a lot you know. of Charlie Puth to be clear, but I'm okay with that. I almost picked a Charlie Puth record, but oh, uh I on. took I took my daughter and my youngest son to a Charlie Puth concert. He's incredible. Voice Notes is inc- I probably listen to Voice Notes more than anything yeah. this last year. Yeah. And all my friends when I told him um I'm taking I'm taking my kids to a Charlie Puth and they're like, "What's a Charlie Puth?" <laughs> my so. daughter calls him Trolley Puth. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> yeah. great. That's great. great. What was your What was
2: your score, Wayne? you gonna make me loudly flip the page back. Yep. A uh, four.
0: Okay. We belong together is next. This is another duet song with yeah. Danielle. Um, yeah. Another great one. I don't know what I—I I mean, they all tie together. I feel like
2: yeah. Well, like I say, they create these two voices. Now you hear them the, for the third time, and I think she she does a lot of the backing vocals in between, and so it really give like, it helps bind this whole thing together. But it it creates these two characters, um, even whether whether real or imagined Um, this song has a, as a silliness to it that I, but I, I just love the two of them together. Um, But I did think that some of the the references are perfect. Like some of them go together like aches and pains, but then when you think about black and white, they're completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that all ties together. Like it's not just the things that are the same, that, you know, will make two people more compatible. Sometimes it's the things that you don't like or the ways that you're different that will bind you together. And I thought he, he just, I I say he use it. It has a silliness to it that doesn't get overboard. And then he uses, I thought he used some of the great, the best pairings of any song like this.
0: You know, it'd be another good pairing, a fish and a whistle. That would be another good pairing. Hmm. I'm sorry, no, that's be, a prime. You should prime, be
2: punched in the face.
0: Prime <laughs> reference there. Um, Keats and Yates do not go together either.
2: No, no, but uh, first of all, if you listen to the Smiths, they absolutely do. At the cemetery gates, off of one of the greatest records of all time.
0: I know,
1: the but that, that,
2: that
0: they the, don't
1: The, they the don't line, we stay united like these old states, gets me every ah,
2: time. Ah, that's... That cro- that gets—I don't know if it crosses a line, but it gets right up next to it. But like I said, he gets—it's
1: <laughs> that—it's that moment again, right, where they're on stage singing to an audience. It crosses out of the recorded song and feels almost like an ad lib, like that they wrote for the show. Yeah. But I agree. This this song is like—I didn't. It's another piece of this record. Is the is the the duet right? So when I look at this song in a vacuum, like okay, it's a bunch of pairings. It's almost like a. Uh, you know, you smile so bright, you should have been a candle. It kind of feels like that song <laughs> to me. And Absolutely. like so on one hand, it's like, well, okay, you wrote one of those songs. Like, that's, you know, I have um. Do I have Rich Man is higher than this? I do. Like, Rich Man is like so unique compared to this song that if I just go apples to apples, I'm like, okay, like Vampire Weekend wrote like a cute pairing song, but Rich Man is more impressive. But it's so crucial to the three. The, the Hold You Now, um, Married in a Gold Rush, We Belong Together connection. Yeah. I sort of spread the love point-wise on those, but I wouldn't, I couldn't, you, I would... <laughs> It's those three, the This Life Harmony Hall and the Steve Lacey stuff that like grounds this record for me. If any one of those pieces went away, it just crumbles to the ground. Okay. In terms of, not crumbles to the ground, but it it sort of starts to get away from the greatness I've put it up on. Yeah, I will say that
0: this this holds it together from the standpoint of I think that the next song is a perfect segue from this. Mm -hmm. Because there's still Danielle in it, but not too much Danielle. So.
2: Oh, I don't know if that is a thing, but <laughs> I, I like I say, I think, just like Dan said, I think this once again, this record, when you, if you start to take it apart and break out the pieces, it doesn't, it, it isn't, it's not that each individual piece is that great, but when you put them all together, uh, it just it's it's like a clock, it's like a Swiss Swiss yeah. watch.
4: All yeah. Right.
0: All right, next song is Stranger. Music playing,
5: don't need to look anymore. I, 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 things have never been stranger. I, 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 things are gonna stay strange. I, 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 I remember life as a strange
0: I'm not I'm not terribly surprised Wayne that you and I didn't see eye to eye on this song um cuz it hmm. it does feel more like a yacht rock song <laughs> It totally does. <laughs> well,
2: you should have seen my score before I found out who Kadatta was because okay. it was way lower. Yeah, once once yeah, it didn't it didn't make as much sense. I guess I just need something something okay so i'm to make it but i like i love the reggae that kind of happy
0: i read multiple definitions of kadada so which one are you going with
2: oh that's rashida jones's sister and that's his baby mama okay
0: okay i did not know that
2: oh you gotta you gotta get the google you gotta wait he has a he has a he has a yeah he has a child with rashida jones Oh. And I, Jones is... I thought you were saying Rashida I knew Jones he was is married
1: and, and had a daughter with Rashida or I thought you were saying he had a daughter with his with Rashida Jones. Sister. I was like, wait, what? No, no, no. <laughs> got Rashida, it. got, it, got I it. I don't
2: know. That, I didn't know. That, I didn't see that. I didn't read they were married. Oh, they might not That's be That's why married. I said... I'm sorry.
0: Mind. I don't read People Magazine. Like,
2: I I just read Google and Wikipedia. I don't know anything about anything else.
1: <laughs> I only read People Magazine. Hey. <laughs> That's where I get all my news. <laughs> Did you guys know? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> See, and 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 here's where I think that self checkout is is destroying me from the pop culture standpoint. If I waited in line, I would look at the headlines on the National Enquirer and People and Us. And now with self checkout, I don't. i I'm, I'm I'm getting right down to business. I'm not my mind is blown that I haven't <laughs> thought about this yet you're totally
1: right this is destroying like I've thought about the it's, cash the cashiers and the interactions I never thought about the huh we're missing out on a lot missing of missing out on pop culture yeah. and everything
0: yeah
2: yeah there's a bunch of cooking magazines with recipes on I, the cover now where where's the yeah where's Wayne's I don't know the new candy bars like the from offshoot alien. Kit
1: Kats I don't know anything about that no. what are they making I don't know
0: they could be making some really cool ones and I have no idea I did try Reese's Thins recently. That's
1: a bad oh, ratio. There's
2: peanut butter Snickers. You gotta that that happened. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Andy and, Andy's Mints came out with a bar. What? Crazy, right? I need to have that. Okay. Um, I think it's a little lacks the class of the classic Andy's Mint, <laughs> but anyway. All right, stranger. Anything? Anything besides Kadata? It's a
1: bonus, right? It feels like the band came back and you know there's more based off the volume of what it's like. It's like, oh, whoa, this isn't just one encore. Like We got a little more show left. And it's just catchy. It's an earworm. It sort of gets everyone back off their seat. I gave it an 11 because I think that's a... It's it's like okay, we're, we're in a long record here. We're not done yet. And that's a that's a cool feeling to have in a record that I don't like even I know we keep referencing Abbey Road. Abbey Road, you're almost in the end of this long journey at the back half. This feels like the end of a show you paid a lot of money for and you feel very satisfied in the moment when you realize it's not quite over yet. I like it.
0: Yeah, this is my 16, Wayne.
2: A nine, but like I say, this one has a very like the weight has been lifted feel some of these songs um have a heaviness to them with all of the cheating and and stuff that's going on and then i mean she melts icebergs it's like how does that not make you happy not believe love
1: exists yeah that's a cool point i i just agree wayne it, there i never put it that way there's something about like a, a release of all the weight with this song and it, 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 i totally agree okay
0: all right spring snow is next
5: the dog won't keep them away the snow slows them down if just for a day but it comes the sun those toxic gold rays Ooh, trains start to move Best The seasons we had don't mean anything.
0: And um, anybody want to talk me out of my lowest score? This is my lowest. Oh, oh wow. I'm at a two. I'm with you. Okay. Which is which is really weird because that like the auto tune thing that's going on in the background kind of reminds me of Boney Vare and I'm that's I'm funny. all I'm all about the Boney Vare. It just didn't work for me.
2: What's funny is so I I gave it a five, but I'm looking just looking at my notes directly. Words that pop out are Burt Bacharach, uh, <laughs> and '70s easy listening. So I don't know why I got a five, but yeah, it I felt like he used that uh, I. I thought the way it played, you know, like that miracle of a of a spring snow, like this person's about to get on a plane and leave. And then out of nowhere, when it shouldn't, it snows and she has to stay. So there was there was a uh, an emotional aspect that I liked more so than Burt Bacharach's piano. uh, Well, maybe
0: maybe it is the Florida man in me that I I'm Mm. completely okay if I never see snow again. I'm just, a, I'm oh, completely wow. okay with it. I just wow. don't need it. I hate being cold.
2: You're the Grinch.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah know.
1: This is the one song, even in this moment, I've heard the song a bajillion times. Couldn't sing it back to you right now.
0: Yeah. Oh, like,
1: yeah. can't think of it.
0: I'd have to play This it. was the one that you said earlier. I may have to listen to it in my headphones.
1: Out of And and I didn't need to listen to any of these songs. I know them inside and out. And I just can't. The second, I'm going to, just for two seconds. <laughs>
2: just to try, try to, to remember. Do
0: it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course. No, I had. There. That's all I needed. Yeah. Ooh, I, had to, I, I had to yes, listen to it as well. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I no. can't.
2: But to me, there were there were lines in the song that I just, like I say, I'm not the Grinch. My heart grows three sizes all the time. You're so full of it. <laughs> and that whole part about you know you were supposed to catch a plane and then it snowed and it shouldn't it's spring and I you're gonna stay one more moment with me while Burt Bacharach plays the piano
0: yeah alright hmm. let's wrap this up Jerusalem New York Berlin is the last song a
5: hundred years or more it feels like such a dream an endless conversation since 1917, now the battery's too hot. It's burning up in its tray. Young marriages met in, and dying where they lay. A wicked world. Just think what could have been. Jerusalem.
1: I feel bad on the score I gave this song. I feel like it's going to haunt me. It's lower than it should be, but what an awesome, awesome last song it, of a record. Epic.
0: I mean, you perfect. you should feel bad because I'm looking at scores, Dan, and your score tanked this out of our top five. Did it? But I okay. So so I'm look I'm looking ahead. We'll 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 talk about Jerusalem, New York, Berlin in just a second. So Wayne. You tanked 2021 out of our top five, and I tanked Flower Moon out of our top five Ugh, that hurts. so we all we all we all threw the gloves I'm, on I'm looking
1: back at my scores on some New York Berlin and um I don't know if i I don't know I kind I, I do like and listen to a lot I, I think it was I think the one thing I'm having a tough time that I put above it is uh my mistake putting that above jerusalem new york but i will say but i I will say i listen to my mistake more than that i do like it's something about but i think it's more about um song execution to recording versus just song like i just think it is just yeah i know that's not that interesting for everyone here but for me it's there's something so challenging about a type of song like that that i put a lot of the production ahead of the songwriting on this record but as a song like if they were if you were to sit and play all these songs on an acoustic guitar there's no way this
0: is getting a six for me you would know? you have possibly given it a nine Dan
2: <laughs> look at him it's revisionist history like i say i think this song is so epic like after all of the stuff mm-hmm. we've gone through that has been much more personal much more uh he and she than to go just to pan out and go big picture like uh and i mean just the cities these these cultural touchstones of i mean it's it's really it's life it's love life and death all all in these you know, all right in this and it just sounds so epic like this is what's one, death berlin berlin um, is yeah. death
0: well or is new york death just
2: the just I would say that Berlin in the sense of i mean from a Jewish standpoint, there were a lot of European Jews yeah, in the city okay. of berlin' I didn't look in at probably it the late thirties uh and not so much but i mean New York is that center where everybody i mean many many immigrants came to america uh yeah. and then obviously Jerusalem is 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 point you know one, but all of those mm-hmm. he it just has this such an epic nature to it after something that has gotten real personal, and it's you know, it's in a lot of points, it was just two people, and to just pan it out to this almost like you know, there's more than just the two of us, like this, there's all of this to this whole thing. It just, I thought he did a great job. And like I say, this isn't one you can just listen, like if you just half heartedly listen and skip through it's like if you stop and just put headphones on and and like it'll put goosebumps on you
1: agreed and i've done that and as you asked me if it could be a nine i'm looking at the songs ahead of it (laughs) depending on the day it could it could have been it would have to beat out my mistake which is not hard to convince Mm me bambina that's a party but i could get ahead of that too it would be hard for it on my list to go above we belong together um but, um, again, exactly what Wayne just said there's there's when this song hits you in that right moment, it feels like another like like what this life is or what Harmony Hall is to that big faster song, this is probably the best yeah. slower lyrical song. Um, and yeah, I, I gave it a hard time on this on this one. I'm sorry, I feel bad about it.
2: yeah, two things this song makes me see in black and white while I'm listening to it, and when it's over, I'm immediately. Like sad, that it's mm-hmm. over. Like it ends, and I'm like, "There's got, there's got to be more." Uh, it and I and I love that okay. about a song.
0: All right, so Dan, what was your score? I gave it a six. Okay, this is my ten, Wayne.
2: Oh, uh, fifteen.
0: Okay, the only way that it would have snuck into the top five is Dan, if you would have given it. If you give
2: it a nine, I have a sneaking suspicion nine was the magic number.
0: Well, that's yeah. why I threw that out. So. <laughs>
2: It could have. It could have happened.
0: I was doing math here. All right. Um, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? That was super fun. Oh. What an album! Yeah, I think we got it. All right. Uh, I've already told you. This life was one. Harmony Hall two. Any guesses on three? I got nothing. Married in a gold rush. Married in oh. a gold rush. Oops. Average score, 14.33. Fourth is Stranger. And wow. fifth <sighs> is How Long. Oh, that feels so oh, bad. Yeah. Those last two feel terrible. Yeah, so I mentioned um, I tanked Flower Moon, Wayne tanked 2021, Dan, you tanked Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. Do you both feel as guilty about your tanking as I do or no? I I do. <laughs> I do because because now that I'm 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 looking at this and I'm like I I think Flower Moon is a better song than How Long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like say,
2: I think Jerusalem, New York gets,
0: Berlin is a better song yeah. than How Long. I'm sorry, gets, guys.
2: Like I say, when you have let you something down, that works works as a as a whole unit. Yeah. When you start, I mean, just like a company, when you start to break it apart, it's not it's harder than everything starts to get muddled. It's, it definitely becomes down to, it comes down to personal opinions. Uh, when you're taking apart a, a, something that's was always one piece and yeah. you break it apart. I get it.
0: I get it. Dan, this was awesome. Ah, thanks for having me. This is super fun. Thank you so much for picking this. Um, I, I don't think that we would have covered this and, down the road so i'm I'm glad you picked this all right so we always have to ask um this started with jesse so who do you know that i don't know who should uh <laughs> join us on the podcast to talk about one of their favorite records how many people you want um considering we're booking out at two months um not many just give us one <laughs> you just want one
1: just give, um just give me one the first person that popped to mind, I don't know if you've talked to him before. Do you know Matt Susich? No. You should you should uh get in touch with Matt Susich. Okay. Um incredible singer songwriter, uh based in New York. Um, um he'd be very fun to talk to about a record. He's the first one that comes to mind. He's about to go on tour uh opening up for the Counting Crows, and so he'll be fantastic. Out Man, yeah, very very cool guy. Uh fantastic records, but I would uh I would I would
0: gladly put you in touch with very the good. one and only Matt yeah. Susich. Very good. Yeah, Jesse originally put us in touch with Stephen Kellogg. Sure. And so I'm super excited because Stephen is opening up for towed the wet sprocket down here on the on the east coast so uh, i get to see two two of my favorites together so that's going to be special all right so tell people where they can find all the happenings of dan mills right now (laughs) um i am writing a musical and
1: uh another project for a kid's tv show (laughs) okay i'm actually super busy and i do a lot of other writing besides just my my project yeah um and so i don't have um i actually shouldn't say that i have i have two singles that are in mixing and and a few other things in the works but i think during the pandemic i sort of i i turned at first i did some live streaming and then i just started doing a ton of co-writing with different people and different projects and working on my own stuff so i have more stuff coming out um, it probably won't be for a few months because I think I'm going to spend the summer just seeing friends, but and then I'll be back booking shows and doing all that. But as of right now, um, you know, Stockbridge came out right in the middle of the pandemic, and I didn't get to tour it, and so that was a big bummer for me. But I would I'm still trying to push people towards that album, although it came out uh, about six months ago, it feels pretty new because it's never been toured. And so, yeah. please, if if you enjoyed this, check out my newest
0: record, Stockbridge. I think you'll like it. Very good. All right. As a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes. Go to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. You can find us on the the, the socials. Facebook, go look for Records Revisited Podcast on Twitter at Podcast Records. Wayne on the Instagram.
2: Records Revisited Podcast.
0: Pretty simple. I was proud of you today. You posted something on the socials before me. (laughs) So proud of you so proud of you all right and of course you can find us on all of the major platforms for podcasts just make sure you go subscribe and rate or review us and of course you can also find us on patreon you can get episodes a week early and if you contribute at the guest revisitor level you can join us on an episode to talk about one of your favorite records we've got one coming up next week when we talk about hootie and the blowfish whoa yeah all right so go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast and um i'll spoiler alert for for other people we're gonna talk about hootie and then we're gonna have somebody from hootie in a couple of fish as well so there we go excited for that so thanks for listening please go support the arts go to a live show because we're getting back out there Make sure you support your favorites. Make sure you buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store. And not just on Record Store Day. We are Records
4: Revisited. And we are... Out!